everybody. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, Janine. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to tell our listeners right now, there may be muting happening on my end because I'm currently dying. Not really, but I feel like I'm going to be dying more and more as this goes on. She's um, getting sicker and sicker as we talk. Yes, <laughs> as we true. speak. It's like some weird respiratory cold type thing. Um, it's not COVID. I tested negative for COVID. I don't know what it is. Um, but here we are. The influenza. You could just have the flu. It's true. I could mm-hmm. just have the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird though. It's like my husband had it and his tongue was swelling all weekend. So like <gasps> yeah, weird. so his tongue was swollen and like taking ibuprofen and stuff didn't make it better. He was like sucking on ice cubes to try to make it better. It wasn't getting better. It was it was weird. I've never experienced this in a virus before. Okay, are we sure that these symptoms that you and Robert are experiencing right now is not because of what's happening with the whole train derailment? in Ohio, you, you know, you guys are an hour and a half away from it. And it is dead, putting deadly toxic chemicals into the earth and into the atmosphere. And you could be getting those chemicals where you are. That is true. It could be that. Um, but it could be morphing the virus that's going around. Could be that too. But my conspiracy mind wants to go there that's where i'm going i'm just like fuck get out of ohio michelle get out of ohio like just i mean i like ohio but you know the shit happens everywhere right well there has been no train derailments in colorado so we're good yet yet i should say yet um yeah but yeah our industry is much more advanced than yours is and yours will get there so give it 20 years and you'll be in my situation industry you guys, we just have different kinds of industry because we have different it's resources. Tr- it's true, but I'm just saying, like, our resources are very heavily dependent on trains, moving steel yes. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. so yours will eventually. Eventually, you guys oh, are going to run out have resources. Trains. Oh, we have trains, Michelle. Yeah, they just and they're going to come there. Okay, all right. Well, That's they fine. crashed. They crashed because they were, I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I don't know all of it, but I'm pretty sure they were probably traveling east to west. So they were coming from rigs on the east coast. Some, you know, big wigs, the Norfolk yeah. Southern owners are probably, yeah. it's so. They're located, yeah. We are just in the path of like, of, it got, it gets amped up enough that th- something's bound to fail. We're just at that point in the train path where if things are going to fail, it's going to fail for us because by the time it goes through, like, I don't know, maybe I'm making this up, but like by the time it goes through Pennsylvania, I feel like it's not completely warmed up. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I yeah, could be totally I wrong because Pennsylvania is pretty hilly and shit too. So who knows? It's also a very large state, just like, just like Ohio. So if it's going through, it's, I mean, whole... it's larger than, it's larger than Ohio. It's wider. Pennsylvania is. Right. Ohio's like deeper. Like Pennsylvania yeah, yeah. is like longer. You're exactly right. Yeah. Okay. It's a rectangle. And ours it's is a more rectangle. Heart- ours is a heart. Ours is a heart shape. Ohio's heart shaped. Mm, Pennsylvania is a rectangle. It. I don't buy it. Hold no, on. Don't Hold on. don't pull up the map. No, I'm gonna map. I'm don't, gonna I'm don't. gonna find a picture of Ohio. I don't have to pull up a map. She's gonna pull up the map right now, you guys. She's got it on her fucking wall. Here it comes. Here it comes. 
I don't bring it closer. Bring it closer. So look. Bring hearts. tell me what you see. Tell me what no. This is I hearts. okay. Okay. Listen, you know what? My mind says no. My 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 logical <laughs> mind says nope. That doesn't look like a fucking heart, Michelle. Sorry, denied. What other shape denied. is it closest to then? It's closest to a heart. Or a pointy top. Two points at either side. Two increases on either side. Okay, and an we're increase not, at the bottom. We're not gonna have a this is not gonna <laughs> get it's not gonna go. All right, anywhere. listeners, you're gonna have to vote on this. Is Ohio yeah, Tell heart us. Shape. Tell it's not. Just say no. No, 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 no. It's not. They're gonna tell us who's hey, wrong. Hey, is Colorado a, a rectangle or a square? It's a rectangle. It's a rectangular. I don't it's think it's rectangle. even on every side. I know. I was <laughs> I was joking, you guys. That was a joke. <laughs> and now Michelle and I are sticking our tongues out of each other because we're children. It's fine. I never it's grew true, up. Yeah. I never grew up. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Is that trauma related or is that your neurodivergency? I don't know. I feel like we're going to talk about it a little bit today. I'm excited. Um, Listen, yeah, and- I also would like to say that the reason why we are recording despite me not feeling well, Janine offered to delay this, but yeah. I'm so excited that I just want to continue this conversation. I don't want to delay it. Michelle already delayed the recording for me because... I was not in a good place mentally um, and also v- was very doomsday last week. Still am. I mean, I'm always kind of doomsday, <laughs> apparently. But um, just, yeah. But yeah, existential thinking, as we will learn today, everybody, is a is a very is that's literally how autistics think is we are thinking in an existential way all the fucking time, always, constantly. So Good times, fun times for us. Let me tell you. Um, but before we got started, be, before we like jump into the topic today, we are going to be continuing our discussion um, on neurodivergence. But specifically today, we are going to be really focusing on autism, the autism spectrum disorder, and how it shows up in women differing, you know, to the male counterparts. And um, I found. There's going to be a book that I'm going to be referencing, and I also found some um, articles that were published on, like, National Institutes of Health and, like, some other um, resources that have been created for specifically for people with autism or people, you know, that have members of their family that are autistic and to support, you know, the member, these, these, these individuals. Yeah. And then at the end of, like, talking about how autism shows up in women different than men, I wanted to have a discussion about um, ways in which we can do better as a society in, in order to encompass everybody's needs in, in society and not just like a neurotypical or, neuro, you know, like, let's just make concessions for every single person. A better way and- to differentiate our environment so that it is conducive for everyone, not just yes. neurotypicals. Yes, thank you. Or, and Michelle. I that... shouldn't. I don't even want to say neurotypicals. Not the majority. Right. I, 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 wait, it's not even the majority. Let's no. be honest. It's probably not even he... the majority. Not the leaders of the society. For everyone in the society, of not how, just people at the top of how society was initially ad- adapt adopted for what they think is like the 
normal quote unquote i'm using quotes here normal person right and so yeah if you if you look at for all justice the, of all for justice Sorry. of all fucking right doggy we're gonna fight for that still to this we're still gonna fight okay we're still gonna fight we're, we're always gonna it be up. fighting um be but last week i told you guys that I, michelle and i were gonna take a quiz a quizzy quiz quiz and we sure did and so i wanted to talk about our results right quick um, I will be linking the quiz in our resources, um, and I highly recommend taking the autism quiz, but there's so many other fun quizzes, you guys. If you're into psychology and you want to know about yourself and how you relate like in the world, um, I went down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to lie. I took the autism quiz, and then I was like, oh, my God, look at all these other quizzes, and I took I took like 20 more quizzes. I'm not joking. Um, we talk like, about quizzes for a second. Like, yes. and this might be a neurodivergent problem, but my problem with quizzes is that I know what answer will give what result. Oh my God. I think I do so too. <laughs> I know. And I, because I'm a really good test taker in general, like I've always been good at tests. So I'm very good at understanding what the question is wanting and how to give it what it wants mm -hmm. without, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm good at understanding myself. So I always have this like, struggle of yeah. what the real answer is versus and like what? oh I don't think I don't think I'm that autistic so I'm not going to answer this you know what I mean versus yeah. like how I actually feel so I have a really really hard time and this is where I really wish that I had a therapist that could diagnose me where we could have conversations and we could yeah. talk so it's not a quiz necessarily as yeah. much as it's a conversation that they're taking things out of without kind of me I thinking about it well, and part of the problem with what you're saying there, Michelle, is the diagnostic criteria, as we've already explored, isn't made for you as a female. It is not made right. for the way that um, that neurodivergence shows up in this in the symptoms and the way that we um, exude, you know, exude traits or you know, quote unquote, characteristics or whatever. Um, you know, the neurodivergent brain isn't any different than a neurotypical brain. The only difference is that our neurons fire differently, right? Our neurons are working differently and we are forming different pathways. And so the way that we're processing information is not going to be the same as the way that a neurotypical person would be processing uh, the information. I know we talked a lot about that like last week, but some of the terms that we talked about last week are going to show up today. I will agree with you, Michelle, about the whole, I'm not good at taking tests. Uh, I feel like it's because I overanalyze every fucking question. That's, that's my problem. Um, uh -huh. But in, in when taking these quizzes, I do totally agree with you that I, since I've been doing this research, right, and I've been hyper-focusing on learning about autism and ADHD and all of the little symptoms and all the little cute little words and shit that go underneath that diagnosis, you know what I mean? I recognized, I could recognize the traits that would be distributed, that would be displayed if I answered the question a certain way. Um, yes, I don't think that I'm lying. I, I think that I actually do these things, but I definitely see where you're, what you're saying. I definitely see how that. Like to what degree and what severity I feel like I downplay or overplay based on who's around me. Yeah. Right. So, th so this is just like, 
this is very basic and it's, this is not like, this is not diagnostic criteria by any stretch of the imagination. It's not, you know, they, they, they made these quizzes, the, the website that we use, they made these quizzes based off of research that has been done by um, professionals like within the psychology and psychi psychiatric, you know, field, um, doctors, sociologists, you know, so they have the sources, they say, oh, based on, you know, research from blah, 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 and blah, 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 we've made this quiz to see if you distribute, you know, symptoms or signs or whatever of whatever you're taking the quiz for. And so we, Michelle and I just took the quiz um, together for us to compare about the autism res results. And this, um, the test that I, I picked this test specifically because of the way that the results are, are, um, displayed it's very visual and it's in yes. the circle um because the spectrum like it's not a linear line the spectrum is is exactly how this test result looks like and um i will post our test results on instagram so you guys can see i want to reiterate what you just said because okay. even as a professional a disability professional this, yeah it's very important to remember that it's not linear and it's not a line. Like when we yep. think spectrum, we kind of think of the light spectrum. So it's like yep. a line that goes across. But you're right. This is it's not spectrum in terms of a line. Mm -hmm. It's like filling areas of a pie or filling, you know, it, like cups like you're made up yeah. of all these different jars and some of your jars have more and some of your jars have less compared to somebody around you. And that's what makes the spectrum, not how far you are on this line yeah. from right to left on like high functioning autism to low functioning autism as much Which as they don't call it that what, anymore, Michelle. Right. It's about I know I was just trying to think of the okay. best way to describe okay. it for layman's like got it how it's kind of thought of still is just high functioning yes. and low functioning right versus it's not on high functioning to low functioning as much as it's on how much of what of the criteria does somebody fit with so right. someone can be nonverbal, so their verbal right. skills are very very low but they have really high social skills you can be right. social without being verbal correct i love that that what you said when you're like picturing jars and the different levels because that is like such a visual like literally my brain created jars and then I like had different colors like I'm like oh yeah like so I have like this much like I have very um I have a very high noise sens noise sensitivities so my noise sensitivity jar is going to be almost full whereas like my depression isn't actually that high which <laughs> I call bullshit but that's fine um <laughs> Actually, so I, this is going to go into something else, and I'm sorry, I'm totally getting off topic, and I feel no, like I'm stealing. No, it's this, okay. Let's let's not... just explore these possibilities. Okay, so let's explore. the other thing about jars is we use this example a lot when trying to explain to somebody who is caring for an individual with disabilities about kind of when they reach a breaking point. We called it like flipping their lid when they go from like the oh, yeah. frontal cortex and they go to the primitive, like reactive, like yes. fight, flight, In freeze, fight or flight response. Right. Yeah. Um, that it's so imagine if you have a cup and you have a bad dream. So we're going to go through a whole day, right? Okay. In 24 hours, what it looks like. So okay. you wake up from a bad dream, okay. pour something in that cup. Right. I'm just pic picture a red solo cup. So we all have. The yeah. Same yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I was picturing a red solo cup. <laughs> 
for us, hey, millennials, who else? Who else is picturing the red solo cup? The red solo cup. Red solo cup. Yes. All right. Good. Continue. Um, okay. So, so I pour a little so liquid you have in a my bad cup. Dream. Okay. Yep. You have a bad dream. So you pour some liquid in your cup. Uh, then when you're getting ready, you are on time. So that's great. No liquid in your cup. Or like uh-huh. it just, it, it evens out. Okay. And then that favorite shirt that you were going to wear, you would, oh. you were like, I'm going to wear this shirt today. It's my favorite shirt. I know it's going to make me the most comfy. It's dirty. It's in oh, the no. dirty laundry. Oh no. Add no. some more, so, add some more liquid to your more. cup because mm-hmm. that's a stressor. It's that's a stressor. You know, or you, and then, so then the shirt you do pick out has that scratchy tag in it and it's fucking bothering you the entire fucking Ugh, day. No. Add a little water every uh, single every, time. Every that, single time. Every that time the, that the that tag bothers, bothers you. Yep. Yes. Add some, mm. add some of that. Then um, you're in, we're both doodlers, right? So we're, we're yes. in class and we're listening to this lecture and we are on the best doodle of our life. It is amazing. The bell rings, it startles us and we draw a big fat fucking line through our doodle. <gasps> no, no, yeah, I'm, so I'm add, upset. Add, I'm upset. Add, add some water to your cup. So Fuck, my cup the, is overflowing almost, Michelle. That literally took the edge, okay? Okay, perfect. So for me, that's like, I'm like at half. You're almost to the edge. Then (laughs) someone walks by you and has a really strong smelling perfume that is just too much. Mm. Add liquid to your cup. What happens? What happens if I add more? It overflows. It overflows. And so when your cup overflows, you that's when you're in fight, flight, freeze mode. You have lost it. Yes. Your cup is overflowing. So you can't. You can't know. Everyone's cup starts at a different level. Right. Everyone starts. Everyone's cup starts at a different level from day to day. From like, right. and then every time, like, you could have the exact same day from one day to another, but because your cups start at different volumes, level right, it it can change. So yes. I actually like that we use jars, and that's because I meant to say that last time too. But that's one of the things that you can tell. Or it's a great way to think about when supporting somebody or caring for somebody or being a friend to somebody, period, is that you don't know when their cup is overflowing. Right. For any person, whether that's neurotypical or neurodivergent, because this happens to neurotypical people too. Yeah, but it's much more common. Of course. It's much more common because someone who has good coping skills is going to recognize that their cup is overflowing or going to overflow and is going to enact those coping skills to bring that water back down before it overflows. So it happens more often in someone who has a difficulty with emotional regulation. Yes, yes. And that's when you're yes. going to see it, which goes back to my theory about emotional regulation and how important emotional regulation is. It is very important, Michelle. And as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, like, even though I've learned good coping mechanisms, that does not mean that I'm going to utilize said coping mechanisms. And if I don't use them, then my cup will fucking overflow and I will lose my shit. And that, yes. that happens. Yes. Well, it happened yes. to you this weekend, honestly. It right? sure I did. Mean, let's I was be honest. It, very it happened burnt to you this out. Weekend. I was very and overwhelmed, very burnt out. And yeah. The Crying. Problem is, I was is that... sad. I was just, Yeah. Yeah. Your cup was, yeah. was done. It, it was, was done. totally overflowing. Was, you had a fucking flood. You had a flood had to, going on around you. So Michelle was like, it's fine, Janine. You just need to like 
put some fans on, you know, let's get that water out. Let's get your cup back to empty or, you know, lower. Yeah. So that it's, you can manage. Well, and yeah, you, know? you practice the emotional regulation and that drains the water in a healthy way. It helps the water evaporate, if you will. The yes, problem so with I've, those coping yes. mechanisms is that if you don't use them when you're not feeling stressed, you will not turn to them when you mm. are. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have to be something that's comfortable to you when you're not stressed so that when you are stressed, you have no question on turning to them because trying something new when you're stressed creates more stress. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Back to this quiz that Michelle and I took. It has it has 10 categories. So yes. it's um, fixations, uh, abnormal flat speech, noise sensitivity, social difficulty, anxiety, abnormal posture, poor eye contact, ticks and fidgets, aggression, and depression. Um, and so for both Michelle and I, we actually were really similar in our anxiety levels and our depression levels. Um, both Which is of us hilarious, right? Pretty, yeah. Both of us have pretty high anxiety levels. Like the four, it's, so it goes up to five, right? There's five pies, one, two, there's five lines in the pie. So like yeah. our line goes like, Mine goes to we're four. at level four of anxiety. Yeah. Yes. And, and depression two. were two. And then fixations, Michelle's fixations are actually higher than my fixations, but both of us were close. I was at I was at like the line of five, and Michelle's like over just like over the line of five. Um, abnormal flat speech. Mine is a three. Michelle's like 2.5. Noise sensitivity, both of us had high noise sensitivity, both over five. Um, mine was like 0.25 higher than Michelle's. Uh, social difficulty, actually, m- both our, our social level, our social difficulty was almost the same. Mine's at three and Michelle's is 2.5. Um, abnormal posture, I have a three, Michelle's a two. Poor eye contact. Michelle actually has worse eye contact than I do, but that's because I've fucking learned how to make eye contact with people. I actually probably make too much eye contact and I tend to scare people. So, um, yeah, I don't make eye contact at all. I'm always staring at like someone's mouth or a necklace or hair, or I'm never staring at someone's eyes. It's uncomfortable for me. So uncomfortable. Huh. I love looking at people's eyes. Cause it's their soul. like the problem unless, unless their eyes are really cool. Okay, and then you like. In which case, them. I'm looking at them not because I'm trying to make eye contact, but because they're because you like their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they're interesting. Okay, so Michelle was almost at a four with eye contact. I'm at like a two point five. Um, and then ticks and fidgets. That was my highest score. I'm almost at a six. I guess right. That would be one, two, three, four. No, five. Sorry, I'm almost at a. I'm almost at like the full. I've almost got it full. It's it's almost full. And Michelle's is just, uh, like a little over two. Um, and aggression. Mm-hmm. Oh, my aggression's way higher. Yeah, your aggression also. is a thing. I'm, I I mean, did we, have we not? Yes. Okay, great. I've always, I've always had problems with aggression, um, be, probably because of the most emotional dysregulation. And most of the times I can feel anger, like very viscerally, even though anger is usually covering up some other feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that anger was the easiest one, I guess, to res- to resort to. And this new thing that I've been trying, like just recently is if I'm feeling anger, I need to 
not be angry and I need to think of, I need to go to a different feeling. So, and so usually that's sadness. So if my anger is taken away, I usually go to sadness and cry. And then I process my feelings that way. And that's much healthier for me and everybody around me. If I just let myself cry it out, you know, rather than being aggressive, aggressive, um, it wasn't necessarily towards, well, it has been towards people. Usually it's self-interest behavior or property, like I'll break property, like I'll throw shit. Property property destruction is what we call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was three and a half, three and a half for for that. Michelle's got like two, so. Yep, all right, so we did the test. Um. As I said, this will be linked in our resources. And if you guys want to nerd out on quizzes like I did, seriously, so many good ones. Like I I have all my results. I took screenshots. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, so I sent fun. you the whole like PDF thing. Oh, you had. Oh, uh-huh. I'm sorry. I didn't even read the report. Did it break it down? Um, It just like. It doesn't Does it really say what it just each says like category is. Yeah, it just says like for example, aggression. Some individuals with autism may be prone to aggression in the form of hitting objects or things, destroying property and or throwing temper tantrums. This is especially likely to occur for those individuals with autism who cannot speak well, as this is another way of communicating their needs. So true. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so it, it kind of just breaks down each section, I think. Right. That makes sense. But I feel like we kind of talked about those traits and like those symptoms, quote unquote, like symptoms like last week. And I feel like Mm -hmm. most of them are pretty self-explanatory. Sorry if they're not like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be insensitive when I say that. Apparently, that's just. If you don't, I mean, if you don't know a lot about it, just, you know, take the quiz, do some research. Um. Right. There's tons of resources out there. And this is obviously not an exhaustive list of criteria. Well, And I would or... also say, like, check it out because maybe you might think it's one thing and it's actually something different. Right. And, you know, who knows? It's just I think it's I think it's fun to take psychology quizzes, but that's just because psychology has always been one of my like, I love it. I like it. I want some more of it. I want to I like Watch it. the people. I love it. Yeah. I want some more of it. I want I to study so them. Hard. Study how the mind works. Don't My achy break. No, no, that's a different that little girl's loving, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. And I hate country I think music, it, Michelle. I think it's I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I know that song. Okay. I know that <laughs> song. Um, all right. So I found this uh I didn't download the whole article, but the abstract basically gave me the information that I I needed for the purposes of our conversation today. And so the article is titled, The Gap Between IQ and Adaptive Functioning in Autism Spectrum Disorder, Disentangling Diagnostic and Sex Differences. So here's the quote. Adaptive functioning refers to skills that are vital to success in day-to-day life, including daily living. So that would be grocery shopping, food preparation, transportation use, etc. Communication, which is our verbal expression of needs, um, and socialization say, activ- skills. I'm going to interrupt you. Just activities of daily living is anything you need 
from throughout to like survive throughout the day, which could be making food. I know you said some of these, but I'm just like yeah. also quizzing myself. Um, because we had to do these assessments. So it could be like brushing teeth. So it's like hygiene. Yeah, hygiene. Um, yep. Yeah. Meal prep. Yep. Um, medication, how you take medications. Yep. Like that type um, of thing. Can you sustain like through basic everyday time, tasks? Being able yeah, basic to wake everyday up, tasks. Um, get to a place, uh, do what you're supposed to do. Yes. Uh, exactly. This is very hard. This is very hard for people with autism. So um, socialization skills. Okay. So interpersonal skills, including expressing and recognizing emotions and understanding turn-taking in conversation. Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it continues. So among autistic individuals without intellectual disability, Adaptive functioning is not commen- commensurate, 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 C-O-M-M-E-N-S-U-R-A-T-E, commensurate, commensurate, I don't, whatever. I need to hear the full sentence to understand it. Okay. Adaptive functioning is not commensurate, commensurate with intellectual ability, so IQ, and instead, a gap exists between these individuals' intellectual ability and their adaptive skills. I think I would say more like correlate, like it doesn't correlate. Yes, right. So, so it your so it's basically saying functioning skills don't has nothing to do with your IQ. With your IQ, correct, right, correct, um, absolutely true. Okay. Further, these autistic individuals show a widening of this gap with increasing age. So I think what that means is like. If we continue to learn and because that's like a you know knowledge, we're learning all this information and like, I don't think like IQ can't get better, can it, Michelle? Can you teach yourself to have a higher IQ? Like, that's not how that works, right? I feel like, yes. How could you not? Why could you not? I, I know. That's like, that's why the I whole... don't think IQ is, I don't think IQ is stationary. Okay, so let's just say... I mean, I don't know. I can Google it. Let's just hypothesize that we can continue um, expanding our IQ levels, I think, with the amount of information that we're gaining and everything like that. But the older that we get, um, it's saying this... I think this... What I'm, I'm interpreting to say is that the gap between like the actual intelligence, like our quote unquote book smarts or whatever, um, gets wider between how we can actually function in society with our normal adaptive behaviors that people are supposed to be able to do, right? To take care of themselves, right? Can you repeat that? You want me to repeat what I just said? Just your, yeah, how your interpretation, I just didn't follow it. I'm I'm interpreting, yeah, I'm interpreting that gap with increasing age means that I can continue getting smarter. So I can continue getting intellectually smarter Smarter. as I age. However, that does not mean that my adaptive capabilities are going to increase as well. Like with my intelligence. Well, right. Because they don't, because they don't correlate, because they don't correlate, they're not going to rise at the same rate. Right. And so there might okay. be a further gap in between what my actual intelligence is and what my smarts are. Right. And if I can actually fucking take a shower, you know what I mean? Like, or go grocery yeah, yeah. shopping. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So your your intelligence does not dictate your intellect or your adaptive functioning skills at all. Correct. No. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You could. I mean, you could be a freaking. I mean, um, look at what's his face, Stephen Hawking. Totally. Very very smart man. Yes. Adaptive has a disability no. that inhibits his ability to have uh adaptive functioning skills yes 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 or like activity like the activities of daily living and stuff like that like yes. he needs assistance with those not because he's dumb no no because he has a deficit correct right Period. so that's and then yeah. so this particular article actually they said that they compared autistic girls and boys to one another as well as their same sex typically developing peers. Analysis took into consideration differences in IQ between autistic and typically developing youth. We found autistic girls, like autistic boys, show lower adaptive functioning than their same sex typically developing peers. Results underscore the need to evaluate adaptive functioning in autistic individuals without intellectual disability and to provide necessary supports. The large gap between intellectual ability and socialization skills in particular may be of critical importance in improving our understanding of outcomes and mental health health difficulties among autistic females. Specific, end quote. Okay. So, um, where I went with this is like we so um there are schools and there's curriculum and everything like that that supports um autistic individuals or other you know individuals that have other intellectual um disabilities or nonverbal um you know disabilities or whatever and there was uh, an article that I found and it was actually talking about this um the this academy it's a private academy. I believe it was in Connecticut and it's lit. It was, it's literally made for people with autism. What they're saying is that it in high school and actually before high school, we should be teaching individuals with autism. Um, how like we need to teach them adaptive functioning behaviors and it needs to be explicit because, you know, the autistic brain is very literal takes things very literally and like so to break down all the steps like for a neurotypical person that might seem super logical to you guys to be like oh yeah i need to go grocery shopping that's cool i'm just gonna go do it right i'm just literally just gonna go do it yeah but and, what does that look like right so so the so one of the things is um they want they need to be better prepared now and they need to actually be able to practice these adaptive behaviors like in a setting so that when they graduate from high school they will be able to have a better adaptive you know functionality and hopefully will be able to take care of themselves you know as as people can, can i give you an example yes please um so the individual that i am guardian of his life as far as i've known him since he was 11 and he's gonna be 22 this year um he has always taken baths at the residential house that he lived at 
there were bathtubs there were no showers okay so when he moved to his apartment they were like well he does really bad job in the shower and i was like i don't know that he knows how to shower and they're yeah, like what right. he's and i was like he's never he's learned. always yeah. taken a bath right he doesn't know how to take a shower what right. what does that look like to him right and so then i told them to make a like First of all, I told him to, he's smart enough that you could stand in the shower and say, okay, here's what you do. Step one. So he's clothed. Yeah. The staff member's clothed, We're, but you pretend you go you're, through the you're process. You're literally doing the process. Exactly. You're, you're yeah. practicing what needs to happen in real and life. And then after that, if you give him visuals, then he can then follow, he do like, it. if you laminate them, they can get wet and he can follow the visuals to remember what he needs to do right. when in the shower because it's such a new thing. But to right. us, any 22, like we take that for granted. You know, you, you know I how to shower. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't have to like it. I mean, yeah, I but like, like you know what I mean? Uh, we take it for granted. Excuse me. Is the Sorry. Point. No, for <laughs> sure. For sure. No, like, for sure. Yeah, the, because yeah, someone doesn't know how to, sh like someone's never showered before. They don't know how to shower. So, and some people right. take for granted the learning that kids do. And I would, I mean, this is a whole nother like child development type of rant that I can go down, but we don't do enough modeling now of That's... how to do things yes. in general. Yes. So for neurotypical yes. and neurodivergent. Correct. So even for a neurotypical, and I'm using quotes, air quotes, a neurotypical person, they learn by watching what other people do and same with neurodivergent like someone with autism also learns by watching but yes. with someone with autism you have to be more explicit about what each step is yes. where you can be more it could be not spoken step by step when you're going through something because someone who is neurotypical can watch and see and then mimic it yes. where someone who is autistic or has trouble understanding a lot of information at one time needs you to understand to the most it. important step of each process. Right. And, and they're, they're going to miss the model, nuances. Yes. And um, talk through it though. So you have to talk do it and yep. see what you're doing. Yes. So they might miss foot placement or hand placement, or, you know, you chose this milk. Why did you choose this milk? You get the milk out. You know, you, if you say you go to the grocery store, all right, you yeah. go get milk. How but do you know what kind which milk of milk? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I like to get the oat milk because regular milk makes my stomach upset. So I look for oat milk that doesn't have any additional flavors that is, right. you know, and okay. then whatever. And so I pick it up and I put it in my cart. You have to teach them how to Let think through what they need. Yes. So every single step and you literally break it down step. every single step. Exactly. Fun um, fact, that was my job. That, like everything that we're talking about, is, is writing down every single step for the staff members to then recite to the, the clients. Individuals. Yeah. All right. Model what you're doing. Speak. Talk out your steps. Um, there was like, I, I'm forgetting some of them. But it was like, model, say, then have them do it. Well, you yeah. like there was a whole process, yes. but anyways, that that was lit. That was my job. Everything well, we just I, discussed was my job. So I'm very glad. See, this is why I keep Michelle around. No, I'm just kidding. But I think that this conversation is fun for both of us because um, Michelle has experience 
on the one hand and I have experience on the other hand and then we can kind of come together and say maybe our podcast just needs to be neurodivergence conversations <laughs> because but we don't always talk shit, about neurodivergence I know but I love this shit I know I, I can talk too. about this forever um, and you do too every day I know you know I could too let's hyper focus everybody <laughs> right um, so exactly what I was going to say that the director of this school said was exactly pretty much what Michelle said is we have to model and explicitly and it's talking about social situations as well. Okay, relationships, fucking dating. Are you serious? Like, we don't understand dating how to do so that. Dating is so complicated. Okay, yeah. dating, is dating complicated, is so complicated, I think, for neurotypical people. But fuck, throw in neurodivergence and it's like, might as well just not date is what I've come to the conclusion. Like I'm just, or actually I saw this, um, I saw this creator on TikTok and he's like, Hey guys, I'm a coder. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm neurodivergent and I think I'm, I'm going to make an app for neurodivergent dating. Like who, who, who wants that? And I was like, like, me, 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 pick me, pick me, please. If I could literally, if we could just have a whole network of neurodivergent people, like that would make my life a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Okay, and now I'm gonna have to watch Dating on the Spectrum because that's gonna be a whole other, it's in a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, basically we just talked about it. What Michelle says, you have to model, you have to talk out every single step. Um, and so like for me, like talking about grocery shopping, no, 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 or any shopping for that matter, fucking hate all of it. I hate, I amen, I hate shopping. Test, I do not like going into stores at all. I like grocery shopping. That's the difference. Nope. Nope. But that's fine. I've decided, you know, since, since the pandy happened, um, and there's a lot more companies out there that are offering like curbside pickups and, you know, all that kind of stuff that I am never going to, I'm never going to go into a store again, unless I absolutely fucking have to. Um, and so for me, um, like I said, shopping inside a store is literally a horrible experience for so many reasons. Um, the lights, the people, the choices, the aisles, the fucking noises, the carts. I no, I just can't. Okay, the fucking you guys. Fat phobia. Fucking That's stresses me out. Um, so I literally like it. It makes me so ha- brings me so much joy to just. I go to my Target app. I fucking pre-select all of my items. Okay, mm-hmm. I pay. I prepay. And then I go and pick it up within like 24 hours of ordering. And I always pick it up when when there's no rush hour or like any traffic whatsoever, because uh-huh. I like driving. I don't like driving when there's lots of traffic at all. Like, I hate that. It drives me crazy. So I have a step. You see this? I've established these processes for myself to be able to function and adapt to society. So this is what you I have a system. Is, I have a system. This is what misses my system for shopping. Um, or I will order things online. I literally will not go into a store if I don't have to. You know what I do like? You know what stores I do like? I, let me tell you. I like witchy stores. I like I like little cute shops that are mom and pop shops. I will go into those types of sh- stores. I, I like coffee shops. I like to watch people and I like the smell of coffee and I like the sound that the little espresso machine makes. And so that to me is like a, like a calming space, even though there's a lot of people. Um, I like coffee shops. <sighs> but I would anyways, argue that people that go into coffee shops are relatively quiet too. So it's yes. not like you're going to get something that is. Yes. Um, 
like crazy busy or a lot of kids that are just yeah. Yeah. okay so i found um this this uh this new book that we're going to be reading from today um and it's called janine well janine what a great book it was written just no it's not me. sorry it's not called janine uh that's the... <laughs> that was my dad joke for the day <laughs> okay it's called you're welcome oh my god all right it's called um autism in heels the untold story of a female life on the spectrum by jennifer cook o'toole i want to read um the Chicklist Checklist to you guys, which is a portrait of women, girls, and our unique autism style. So this is how we differ from our male counterparts. Oh, yes. Let's hear it. Okay. Women and girls are more apt to find less detectable ways to limit or avoid eye contact. We may look at the space between a speaker's eyes in order to reassure them of our attention while simultaneously reducing our sensory input by avoiding a direct gaze and thus be able to listen to what's being said. If I really focus hello. on looking at... Hello. That's what Michelle was just saying. Yes. Um, if I... So this is... This, uh, this is a... All this is a quote. Okay. So it says... If Sorry. I really focus on looking at someone in a personal conversation, I lose my train of thought almost immediately. So, Michelle, is that why you don't like eye contact? Do you lose your train of thought? Or is it just because you don't like looking into people's eyes because you just find it to be like an unpleasant feeling? I think it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I brought my theatrical training into everyday life. When listening, I will make brief eye contact, accompany it with a nod or smile, then look off into the middle distance as if considering what I'm hearing. If I'm speaking, I may angle my head so that I can gaze, cast my gaze slowly, but sharply, sharply down into the left, then ahead again, then slowly upward to the right. Very practiced theatrical techniques that are both attractive and communicative commu and communicate. Um, it's like, I am thinking about what you're saying or, uh -huh. or about what I'm saying. Um, so in either case, because it's done with a certain amount of art, quote unquote art until, or unless it's pointed out, most people don't notice anything unusual about my eye contact. So this is from the author's point of view, yeah. point of view, um, unlike our male counterparts, it's the level of intensity and almost professoral knowledge about our special interest rather than the interests themselves that set us apart from neurotypical peers. Um, yes, I, I, I've been very, I've been called intense literally my whole life. When I, when I'm talking about something that I'm really, really passionate about, I'm just, I'm in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I must tell you all of the knowledge that I know. And, um, you know, the way that, that females tip tend to exhibit their hyper focuses or, you know, whatever their main, you know, focus is for the, the moment, their passions, whatever, um, you know, their wealth of knowledge is like, is like, there's so much knowledge that you just, that we just know about like one top, you know, one topic or a couple mm -hmm. topics. And then our, our, our peers think that we're being all like, like, um, not, like bossy we do get bossy a lot but they think that we're like all braggy and like and like protect like holding it over them or something you know like we're better than you because we know all this information and 
And that's not, we actually just want to have, we just want to make a connection with somebody. And we're just like, we just want to talk about what we're passionate about to try to find other people that might have that common interest. And so then we can like relate on a human level. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I've, I've experienced that where I get, um, I get really into it. And then I, people like neurotypical people lose interest very quickly and change the subject and, um, stop looking at me. Like they won't, they won't look at me anymore. They, they'll just drop. Yeah. They're like discouraging the continuing of your monologue essentially. Yes. Yes. I don't want it to be a monologue, Michelle, but I, it just, I know, but, it but I'm just, I'm just saying like from their point of view, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, frequent passions or special interests include genealogy and timelines, Disney, mythologies, folklore, cosplay, history and historical fiction, time travel, literature and literary figures, language, animals, anime, fashion, music, and theater. Of course, there's so much more. Mine psychology sociology like anything with the brain love all of it um i do i do like mythologies and like folklore and fantasy like love all that shit i love reading um love animals but fat i don't like fashion i don't like anime i like music a lot i think i think music is like is a really powerful beautiful thing that i think so many like humans could just connect with both like neurotypical and neurodivergent because there are, you know, there's frequencies and there's different um, ways that the music can be done that can actually, and I'm jumping ahead, but it's called bilateral stimulation. And so they've actually Mm -hmm. made all sorts of sound songs that, that will stimulate both sides of your brain at the same time. And um, does that come up on your for you page? Cause it makes, Oh my God, all the time. And I'm like, and it's like, this would be better with headphones or you can turn your phone, excuse me you can turn your phone phone sideways sideways. and it is so fucking cool you guys like it literally it feel it's they call it brain flossing and it fucking feels like that's happening it's like oh my god but like in a good way like in a tingly like amazing way you know like it doesn't it's not painful it's awesome and it's for me i find it really beautiful yeah but i don't have the intense like it doesn't intensely calm me like I think it's supposed to so that's where I like but I understand how it could like because it's beautiful and it's so cool and it's it's awesome to feel your brain kind of doing that processing oh my gosh it's so cool it's so cool yeah and you're right you feel the processing you're like oh my god my I can literally feel where this is happening on my body Uh um and that's really cool so and I think as especially like from an autistic perspective, um, since we have, you know, sensory issues, you know what I mean? Like, or we're hypersensitive or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I think that that like helps with the, it, it is a form of intense stimulation. So I think that if we are overwhelmed or whatever, if you put that music on that is doing the brain flossing like i i could see how that could re-regulate um like your system and like make you Mm -hmm. like just calm down and maybe bring it back to your prefrontal if you're in fight or flight or whatever so maybe (sighs) 
you should make yourself a little playlist on the TikTok. I should. I fucking should, man. You should make a playlist that's like, my cup is overflowing, and you can go to this playlist that has all of the things that'll help you. And, you know, um, grounding is something that I found to be very um, helpful as well if ever I'm feeling overstimulated um, and out of control. If you can't go outside, so, like, honestly, if you can barefoot outside and you can go and stand on the ground that is like the that's like how to ground yourself the properest way the properest the best way way. because um your skin contact with the earth is literally creating a magnetic like it's 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 a healing little process that happens and it's magical and also side note um i saw this on Oh, what's that dude's name? So hot. Zach Efron, you know, his show, uh, the, the, yeah. the, um, what is it called? I forget. It's the net, it's on Netflix. I know it's on Netflix. It's amazing. And it was the first, it was the first season. Um, they were doing, oh, they went to France. It was like their first episode. They were going to France oh, to the talk water about the people? water system. Yeah. But they were, but, but, um, the other dude, um, Darren, who's really cool. He was like, Oh yeah. Did you know that if you, if you fly to a new place and you immediately ground yourself to that magnetic field, it actually helps reduce your jet lag symptoms and like all of that stuff. And last summer I tried this out, you guys, and it was very accurate. And I was also in France. I'm going to try it next month. When I come to Colorado, I'm going to, ground myself as soon as possible and see yes. if my, usually my jet lag lasts like the next day I'm super groggy and need a lot of energy drinks so we'll see okay but but and hopefully it won't be snowing and you can actually put your feet on the ground yeah it'll be fine it'll I be can... fine okay She's... I mean honestly I put my feet on the cement like I'll just find a knot mm-hmm. I know I know that dirt is better oh wait the basement at my parents' house has a, a porch over top. There's no snow Perfect. down there. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So special interests provide two primary functions. One, they give our brains a pleasurable topic on which to ruminate and, and perseverate. And they act as a social buffer. Transportation to a distant time, place, species, or social scenario where interpersonal rules, hierarchies, and customs can be, quote unquote, studied and mastered, end quote, right? Okay. Um, So kind of what I said before, the reason I want to talk to you about my special interests is because I have all this knowledge. I want to share it with you. I want to info dump with you, and I want you to info dump back to me, and I want to learn about your special interests in a way for us to, um, you know, to be aligned as humans, right? Um, but that doesn't really work with the neurotypicals, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, they get very, they don't like it. And when I have met, oh my God, Michelle, I'll just tell you, when I have met other autistic people, it is a fucking breath of fresh air okay because then we're both just like info dumping and we're like this is my hyper focus and let me tell you everything i know about it and then and, and then we can be all like stimmy and like crazy you know i know i actually um, am thinking of a group of my friends that you have met that you totally oh, were like yes yes yeah that you were yes. totally like bah and like yeah they're they're my very great neurodivergent friends and i think that he probably has autism 
because we always said that yes. you're going full bl- his name whenever you like hyper focus on something you're we always joke yes. saying like oh you're going full yes. blah 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 goes full in on something when he likes yeah. something he goes full in like yeah he's always been a weightlifter but like he learned how to roast coffee and went full into owning a coffee business. Then found out he was allergic to uh, unroasted coffee and then decided, okay, I'll go back into my gym thing. Opens up a whole gym. <laughs> like He's a wealth of knowledge and appreciates other people's wealth of knowledge as well. Yes. That, yeah, he's right. a great guy. That's, that's yeah. all I'm saying. That's, that, that's mm-hmm. how we communicate. We're like, please, we want to share this knowledge with you. Like, give Yeah, us- I'm not trying to be condescending no. or act like I'm a know-it-all. I'm just no. trying to share. I want you to know all the things that I know because I yeah. think it'll make you a better person to know all the information yeah and then we can connect all the information you know what i mean like let's find a shared interest in common um yes okay so people on the spectrum are more likely to experience synthesthesia we went over that last week girls are three times more likely to be synthesis synthesis you guys oh i don't know the words are hard synthesis 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 like it's their it's the person they shorten it for the people you know like so the thing oh. is synesthesia and there it's synesthes synesthes i think is syn- the way it's spelled it doesn't compute you know what i mean okay it's fair gender identity varies with great obviousness among spectrum females more commonly expected is some level of androgyny in clothing preference and a fluid sexual self-concept. But just as many of us greatly enjoy a rich, distinctly, quote-unquote, womanly sensuality and or strongly identify with a more classic Hollywood female aesthetic, and most of us fall in the thousands of spaces in between, as always, there are as many ways to embrace and embody female, quotes, as there are people living the experience. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Lining up our collections of books, figurines, dolls, collectibles is one of the ways we play at all ages. The enjoyment comes more from setting precise tableau, miniatures, fairy gardens, replicas, even Barbie weddings, rather than engaging in spontaneous interactive activities. Okay. So fun story about Janine as a child. Um, I was obsessed with my Playmobil dollhouse and my play, all my Playmobil figurines. And I actually, I would play with them all the time and I would act out, you know, social situations like that. I observed from watching like my parents and watching movies probably. So my, my mom would just like watch movies and would like, let us watch them when probably they weren't probably appropriate, you know, for our ages, but, um, Mm -hmm. I, I do the same thing. And, and looking back, it's like, as a child, did I actually understand the nuances? No. Being autistic, did I understand the nuances? Do I still understand the nuances? I don't think I do. So it doesn't matter. Um, but I used to have, so books, I have a large collection of books and I do, they are all lined up and I can see all my whole collection from my bed every day. And it makes me very happy. Um, I also collect um gnomes so i have a little collection of gnomies that i've um stolen from play- like garden gnomes you know what i'm talking about okay um mm-hmm. and when i was a kid 
my friend Megan, who I am pretty fucking sure she was autistic too. And we were like besties. And the way that we would play with each other, like we would very, very much parallel very play. Very autistic. Yeah. And and she um she had like this gram great grandma who had all of these antiques in her house. And it was so we would go over to her grandma Minnie's house and we got like these old like they were really fucking creepy but we thought they were the coolest thing ever they were like um glass figurines of like doll um dogs and like cats and um i think they were dogs and cats okay so megan loved animals obsessed with animals okay so she had like like stuffed animals like all the animals and so whenever i'd go over to her house we would play with these little creepy figurines they were so fucking creepy but and i kept mm-hmm. them for years she gave them to me and i kept them in a box in my closet for years and years and years and then i move right i move out i go to college like whatever all this stuff and then i move back in with my parents and then i move out get my house and then i move back in with my parents again i know so great um but my mom like when i had my own house she did go, she got rid of like everything that was in my closet um, as she should, but she found that box and she was like, Janine, what is this? And I was like, oh, those are the <laughs> creepy figures that um, Megan and I used to play with. And um, yeah, so it really, I just, it's fun to learn about these things because now literally I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, that was real fucking autistic. Like really, <laughs> like honestly, honestly. Um, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, like, you know. I- I went to special education classes. So imagine when I learned about things and I was like, but I do that. I do that. But I did do I that. Do that. I do that. But I do that. Did I do that? I Wait, do that. self-interest behavior includes scab picking and biting your nails? Yes. To the point yes, of bleeding? Does. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do that. I, I do that. Shit. I still do that. You'll pick, I you'll still pick do your scabs so much that they become infected and you need to get antibiotics yeah. when you're on oh, vacation. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's so infected, you're not sure you're going to be able to hike a mountain because your leg yep. is so swollen. Oh, yep. yeah, yep. me. Yep, 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 yep. I also did that. And then, you know, when it, you know, when the, the scab was like perfect. And when I mean it's a perfect scab, it would be like, oh, I know what you really mean by hard. I, okay. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be and attached it comes anymore. Off in one piece. Yes, exactly. Um, but then there would be the ones that like you, so you peel that one off and then, but the, the blood comes and then it like scabs over again, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty the second time around, but then you keep picking it because you want it to like go back to how it was the first time, but it never. Oh no, I don't, I don't pick it because I want it to go back to the way it was the first time. I pick it because it's like an anxiety tick for me. Oh, it's like a fidget. Um, I, I get sick pleasure from, from, um from picking at my skin and chewing my I also enjoy and... like the masochistic like I like yeah. the pain for a second yes. and then I'm like oh shit that yes. really actually kind of hurts I should probably like try to make it better and then I do I try I put on neosporin I clean it out I put on a band-aid the band-aid I end up by picking the band-aid off because I'm a mm-hmm. picker and I pick the off the band-aid annoying. and then I pick the yep. scab yep. and then it the whole thing restarts the cycle and yep. because I bite my nails Yep. There's bacteria from my mouth that goes into mm-hmm. the scab. That uh-huh. goes, like it's a whole yep. thing, and All, it always starts thing. from, and it always starts from mosquito bites. Fucking mosquito bites! Yes, thank you, because we itch mm-hmm. them way too much, right? Because that also yeah. gives us because great I amount have, of pleasure. Because I have terrible allergies, so I feel like I have hyper itching. Like, 
I know other people who get as bad, like who are as itchy as I am when I get mosquito bites. And I'm sure you're one of them too. It's just like, it itches so bad. It is so uncomfortable that like, I have to itch it. It's the only way to make it better. And it obviously doesn't make it better. Self-injurious behavior, man. So but I think it's because I have really bad allergies. Well, and you, and you want to pick things. I get that. I, I want to pick things mm-hmm. too. All the time. Okay, sorry. That's <sighs> another tangent. No, that's okay. Because uh, it is... This is this yeah. is something. This is a neurodivergent thing, so we can talk about it. So scripting, I don't. We didn't really talk about scripting last time, but it's not masking. It's different than masking in the way that, um, well, it says scripting from favorite TV shows, books, plays, and movies is one of the ways we mask social anxiety best. We copy the dialogue perfectly, though often miss the innuendos innuendos beneath. Um, it's it's really sad for me to say this out loud, but I still, to this day at 36, I have a really hard time, um, with certain jokes. It it takes me like a really long time to get the punchline if I ever Mm -hmm. do. And I saw this thing, perhaps you can answer my question, Michelle. There was a TikTok and it was like, it was like, I never understood what the joke was about, um. Why did the chicken cross the road and write the answer is to get to the other side? Does that have some sort of a sexual meaning to it or something? Like No, not sexual, uh, like death. To, oh, to get to the other oh, side, like he's crossing over to oh, death. Oh, fuck. Yep. Nope. Nope. So literally I was today so I years did, old when I understood when that. You learned, Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I was yeah. a year ago, years old. I saw a TikTok that was like, I was today years old when I learned that there is um another meaning behind why the chicken crossed the road and there's like why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side and then i think it had like a death thing like picture come up so that's how i got it like okay, well it was a so visual I think, that helped i feel like i saw the same uh tiktok and i still didn't get it i was like i don't understand what maybe you what maybe am I missing? it wasn't a maybe it wasn't a picture then like no there was i don't some, think i don't think there was a the picture comments. maybe okay. i read the comments I, I don't i don't read the comments usually i, I don't i don't like okay it. so the best way if you don't understand something go into the comments because usually a you learn you're not alone so you don't feel dumb two or i just said a and two a and a, two yes and two a you don't feel alone and b you can find the answer or you can laugh really hard because the comments can sometimes be hilarious. No, for real. For real, though. Um, Do you go so, down comment rabbit holes? You should try that. It's really fun. Comment. Wait, what? Say it again. A comment rabbit hole. So you oh, learn, go on, on a, a comment rabbit hole? And yeah, I would. So then you look at the comments and then you see a stitched video and then you go there. Oh, God. And then you look at oh, those comments and then yes. they have a stitch there and you keep going. You and go going there. And going. Okay. And then you have to like back out a gazillion times. I'm like, oh, my God. Page. What am I? Where did I go? I'm in a I'm in mm-hmm. a spiral. I don't even know where I am now. What did this even start out as? And all yeah. of a sudden, I'm an expert at whatever. <laughs> what? Because you're just going down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but script, so scripting, I do have to do this, um, as a fucking adult, I have to do this. If I'm making a phone call to somebody, 
I mm-hmm. hate making phone calls. Okay. Yes. I hate, I hate when they come in even more. And like, if I see somebody's name that I know, okay. Like you are one of the people, um, my mom, I usually answer for her and I usually answer for my dad and I will answer. So my family, I'll answer for my family usually. And you're and like my sister and my, yes. So I'll, I will answer them, but, but I, but if I have to call like a business or if I'm doing like, mm-hmm. Oh God, I literally have to, like, have to script. Yourself I have yeah. To, yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is how this could go. And they're probably gonna say this. And then you don't need to give them your whole fucking backstory, Janine. And then do I? I sure do. I sure as shit do. It doesn't matter. So, the scripting fails me. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think this is something where I think education fails because they should be teaching these skills in school. They yes. should teach you to start setting some expectations because that's really important for people with neurodivergence, mm-hmm. um, especially people with autism. They need to know what to expect. Yes. The fear of the unexpected yes. is what adds to their cup. Yes. So that, and that fear goes with and anxiety, jobs. Yes. Excuse yes, me. Yes, so yes. If, if you give me very clear cut expectations for what you are looking for, and then I can spit back out. Okay. Yeah. I can do this, this, and this for you or whatever. These are our expectations. And we agree upon these expectations. Then I do very well. But if I am ever put in a position where they're like, Oh, you just have, you can just like learn on the job and like, um, no, thank you. Cause I'm, I have a million questions and, um, I'm going to end up annoying you because you literally just didn't give me any fucking expectations. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't know what I need to do. And there's all this information. I have so many questions. Can you please like, just clarify this for me? Um, which makes me feel inept and it makes me look inept, even though I'm not inept. And you, I just, and you feel anxious. Yeah, I like, just need you to fucking tell ridden. me what you're looking for okay give me the yeah. clear cut steps and i will fucking do it i will do it all day but but so <sighs> that's the thing that is frustrating i hear an echo what's echoing maybe i'm oh, just talking too loud I, um i was like my things are echo, still on like something tin is echoing and it might be that i can i don't have anything so tin. yeah i think it was that okay anyway yeah so if they would teach you in schools that you know when you're going to call and order a pizza oh yeah what what's the information that you need to give like what's the information that is acceptable an acceptable expectation for what that person's going to need from you that person is going to need your name your phone number what you would like to eat so let's Uh break that down even further if you're getting wings boneless bone in or bone out how many what sauce Do you want ranch or blue cheese? Do you want celery or carrots? Like, so you can kind of like pin down these things and then, okay, you want a pizza as well. What size are you going to get for the pizza? What toppings do you want on the pizza? What kind of of sauce? What kind of crust? What kind of, yeah. Like, so, Mm -hmm. so to narrow to, and then to be able to look, to be able to get that prepped in your mind ahead of time before making the call. Because then if you have it all listed, even like as a visual, if you have it all listed, you can never, you know that those are the things you're always going to give and you don't need to do anything else than that. So you've set very clear expectations. You don't have to make a joke. You don't have to be nice. You can say, hi, I would, I'm Michelle and I would like to order a pizza and wings. Right, right. right. Okay. 
Okay, Michelle, can you give me your phone number? Give phone number. Okay, what can I get for you? Like it, it's always, and they might be rude. They might be quick. They might tell you to hold. They might. So you teach this. So you have script. to actually, you have to tell them that the, that those expectations could go up different ways. And, and so that's what I'm saying. So you have a script and okay. then, so you talk, you have the basic information that's going to be needed. And then you role play through all of the yes. various scenarios yes. that can happen. And when yes. you role play, you're giving the person confidence that they can do it because they've been yes. through it before. So they're doing with someone that they trust, their provider right. or right. friend or family member. Right. They're doing it with someone they trust. So then they can do it again. So but ideally you would do you would do role play, then you would do coaching. So on speakerphone, but let the person talk and kind of guide them. And then, um, then ideally they should be able to do it by themselves, but you always want to start with like the most hands-on, most direct yeah. instruction, and then slowly take the experts out of it and let the person do it for themselves. But that's the balance. And that, I mean, that's just teaching in general, but like, that's the balance that you have to figure out. If you take it away too quickly, you set the person up for failure. And if they fail when they're trying to make this phone call, they're going to be too anxious to ever do it again. So you set them yes. up for failure. Yes. Yes. You're yes. But, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you just teach learned helplessness where they're never going to make a phone call unless you're there to help them. And that's not right. either. That's not good either. But, right. But you're exactly yeah. right. It goes well in jobs. Yes. It goes well. This is I, doctor's appointments. I think we yes. talked about this at the end of last yeah, episode. Like you did because of you made the social story. Um, yeah. Um, well, no, I'm I'm combining I'm combining like two stories, but like, no, but no, but social stories are what provide expectations for certain people. scenarios. Yes, yes. I mean, almost every scenario. If you yeah. look at the Portland, is it Portland or Seattle? It might be Seattle Airport. If you go to their website. They have a whole autism section on their uh, website about how to help someone with autism make it through their airport. It has a social story for what to expect, which I took and modified for my friend, my old coworker who had never flown before. It was really anxious because she was going to fly to Colorado. So I took that social story and like made it more appropriate for her level. <laughs> Yeah. And no. gave it to her. And it's like, here's what you need to expect. Here's everything you it said, like what you need to have at the ticket counter, what you need to have through security. Yes. What yes. to expect through security, what they're trying to accomplish that, for like it, that's it's very, very it's very helpful. funny that you bring that up because I literally have on my list to talk about airports in the United States that have um developed uh sensory rooms oh or um, things like what you're just talking about where yeah, they can so Seattle has like they have a badge that they can wear so then all the employees know that they um that the person might be need help might have uh, sensory issues or need uh, need assistant additional assistance but not yes. hands-on assistance maybe no, but more just like, like patients right but there's a there's one airport and I can't remember I'll I'll we'll get to it but they actually have a um a role-playing whole scenario where it's a separate place that they can go to the airport before they actually go into the real like the regular airport where they can practice oh everything from like how to check your bags in how to get your tickets like how to go through tsa how to well, board so the airplane um that's what yeah. that's what developmental centers and county board 
like sites that's what their purpose used to be their purpose was that you would go there and you would practice these very specific like scenarios yeah yeah So so you would go so one of the things like the individual that i'm guardian of he will he goes to two different day programs both of them work on different things one of them they go out into the community and practice paying for things uh buying things social skills of people yes uh same with their other day program it's social skills but more in a a, more of a sheltered setting okay But, but that's the point is that this stuff needs to be happening and so the problem is also that this this needs to be happening that's just part of development for someone with a disability yes or and so i I guess i'm pushing this into disability as much as neurodivergency no but but i i feel like it's that's fine because this these are disabilities that we're talking about right now right so they they still need these developmental steps taken care of just differently yeah um and or maybe more right Right. Then someone else, someone else could take a course on it and understand it. This person might need to continually take courses on it before they can understand it. But and keep practicing until they feel comfortable, like in doing this in like the real world, so to speak. Yeah. You know. But yeah. I don't understand why doctors' offices don't, even doctors' offices that specialize with people with disabilities, why they don't provide a good set of expectations for someone. Even, I mean, just for anybody, like. I remember my first time speaking of like women, like I remember my first time going to the gynecologist, like no one told me what to expect. No. Yeah. And that's creepy. That's so weird. And it's such an invasive procedure and you have no idea what to expect. Why aren't there resources out there for every, why isn't that taught to every woman? Right. Right. In, and not in fifth grade when I learned it, I don't know, like we had our sex ed class in fifth grade. That's what we learned how to use tampons and all that stuff. See, I went to a oh, yeah, private you went Lutheran to a... school. Yeah, so I didn't so even learn. I didn't. It. I never learned sex ed. Um, my parents had to buy me a book when I was seven, though, because I was. Um, sex has always been one of my hyper focuses. Always, I've I've been very into human Ooh. sexuality. But, um, on the autism spectrum, that's not uncommon. Well, it's not uncommon with a lot of neurodivergencies. It because it's pleasurable because you find things that help calm you down. And at a younger, like the younger you are, it's harder to do that without like, that's why people have oral fixations and things like that. Mm, I ha- yeah. So it's, yep. it's, so sexuality is almost like a stim. So right. maybe I, it I feels good. That. It, you can see pleasure from love or whatever it is, but I would see that how that could become a hyper focus that young just because you have more awareness of sexuality because it's something that brings pleasure i don't know right that's well, a random and thought it's my like random as, thought of the day like i can't remember being a six-year-old and and like going back into like when i was a child and and going back to to thinking exactly how i was feeling about and why mm-hmm. i was so drawn to like sexuality um especially since it's been tainted, you know, cause now I have sex and it's like, have I always been, since I've been sexually active, have I always had a lot of, yes, I have, I've had a lot of sex and, um, and on that, 
with what, what, what you said earlier about you could, maybe I can see the pleasure in the love, or you said something like the love and the pleasure. Yeah. Um, like, like, like you see that you, you covet love uh, essentially, like, especially as kids growing up with Disney man, you are always the princess. You were always going to like, I don't know for me, that's how it was for sure. Yeah. Not necessarily. And- I didn't find the sexual aspect of it. Well, that's not true. Well, because I was going to take it a step further because when you said that, like, so for me, it's always been really hard for me to um, in relationships or around feelings of um, romantic love. Okay. So like, like sex does not equal love. Okay. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize this until I was in my twenties, like late twenties. Like I did not get that. I did not get that correlation. And, but I was always searching for love, which is why I would seek out sexual relationships because I thought that, um, if I, you know, if I gave this to this person, then, you know, they would give it back to me and it would be reciprocal. And, you know, like, and we, we would be in this relationship or whatever. And I um, just had a thought. Yeah. You went to a Lutheran school. I don't really yes. know much about lutheran it's it's like a step down from catholicism but but it's protestant do you think that maybe at some point someone if you were asking about relationships and your neurodivergent self asked about what love is or what sex is and someone said oh it's what you do when you love each other because you were in a religious upbringing yeah and And that's how they told me about babies they told me Mm -hmm. because because when i brought up sex a literal person relate that okay yeah exactly if if you're on the autism spectrum you are going to see that very literally and you're not going to understand when that doesn't when you've been told that and it doesn't meet that doesn't come true that's not how it works yeah that there's that um what's it called when the the way that you think is met by something that does not agree with what you think what is that fucking phrase cognitive dissonance yes yes yeah cognitive dissonance so that someone with autism has more trouble understanding or coping with cognitive dissonance yes yes for sure um and so here this let's let's continue because this is another one that um no please don't apologize this is all really good conversation and i really am enjoying hearing your point of view from like a provider kind of side and from making things more accessible for all people um in you know in in the world i think is good but so girls often hyper focus on one all encompassing best friendship in quotes and later romantic mm. relationship which evolves into an all or nothing self concept Girls desperately want friendship and easily direct an inordinate amount of energy and emotion towards someone perceived as quote unquote theirs. And good God, does this resonate with me? Um, I've been, I'm like, why do I get so fucking obsessed with these people that don't even, that literally don't give me any effort whatsoever, like at all, like nothing in return, you know, I was, there's this dude, Dallas dude, we'll call him. And I literally was just like so infatuated and like obsessed with him for like two years. And we didn't, we weren't talking anymore, but I just couldn't get over him. And I was mm-hmm. like, why? 
you know, why can't I just get over him? He's not, we're not going to be together ever. And he lives in Texas and I live here and he's actually not a good person and like all this stuff, but I like couldn't get over it. It was just like, I don't know if I was just hanging on to like, like the experience. Like we had this like whole meet cute, like moment going on. You know what I mean? It was right. like a fucking movie. And, um, and like, he was sexually attracted to me, but I don't think that he was emotionally attracted to me. Um, mm-hmm. but I thought that he was emotionally attracted to me because I was emotionally attracted to him and sexually attracted to him, but yeah. Anyway, so I've, and oh, let's talk about college. Hello. I was fucking obsessed with you guys. Like you, the three, like the four, the, four, you know, the people that we would hang out with. Yeah, I, was That's what I was obsessed. Say. Yes. And I'm going to uh, say that it also probably hurts more when those people don't return that same amount of affection and obsession back. Yes, but like you guys always like loved me and accepted me and and had good boundaries, I think, and dealt with my autistic meltdowns and like all of it. Um, no, but I think that like you may take things more personally because oh, you're so oh emotionally God. invested in something yes, that sure when do. it gets, I don't want to say like discarded because it's not like negative like that. But if if you feel like your feelings have gotten discarded, it becomes personal. Well, and it's so like that, that whole rejection, rejection yeah. sensitivity too. Like I, I have high, high rejection sensitivity. Um, even if I'm not being rejected, if my brain perceives mm-hmm. me as being rejected um, because I can't necessarily understand social cues or like what somebody's facial expression means, you know what I mean? Cause like if I'm expressing a feeling it's probably going to look completely different on my face than what I'm actually feeling. And I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to change that because there's only so much practicing I can do in the mirror, you know, just be like, Oh, this is my sad face. This is my happy face. This is <sighs> whatever I I'm getting, I'm getting, um, I'm getting distracted, but yeah. So I, I felt that hard though. I, I have, I've always had very, very, very close friendships and we've been like, it's been like all or nothing. Like I like, that's my person and like, we're friends and like, we're going to hang out all the time. And, um, and the aforementioned, the aforementioned friend who I'm pretty sure is autistic. Um, we don't speak anymore. And I'm, and I was very saddened by that because we were so close for so many years and then, like, I don't, I don't know what happened to her. Like, she's not on social media because I've tried to like find her, you know. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. um, I still remember her birthday. I remember where her old house was. I still remember her fucking phone number because you know, back in the day, we used to have <laughs> to like boop, 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 type in numbers. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still think about her to this day, and I'm like, I wonder what fucking happened to her. Like, why did she stop talking to me? Like, what did I do? You know, like, so then it's like. What did I do wrong? And then, so I've had to teach myself, hey, Janine, it probably has nothing to do with you. And even if it does have something to do with you, it's none of your business what that person thinks about you. And if they choose not to talk to you, then you, I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? Like that's right. their choice. And I just need to move on as best as I can. But it does, it will, it comes up for me Um even Dallas boy, like I still, like, I'm not like obsessed with him anymore, but I will still think about him. Like he'll still just pop into my head and I'm like, fucking get out of there. Why are you here? You know, like, why are you here? Um, yeah. 
So we can, we can have a very difficult time navigating the complexities and nuances of female friendships. Oh boy. Yeah. Which in comparison to male friendships rely more acutely on storytelling, though our non-linear thinking, linear and easy distractibility tend to stall conversations instead of furthering them. <laughs> An emotional and conversational recipro recipro reciprocity. reciprocity. Thank you. Though we can't shift perspectives, unwittingly tend to dominate airtime and neglect to ask open-ended questions. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Okay. Um, oversharing or sharing with the wrong people and the wrong circumstances. Okay, folks, what? I do this every Are fucking day of my you? life. Every, every day, every day. Um, and then I'm like, oh my God, Janine, why? You're, you have to see these people again tomorrow. So I don't know why you're telling them all this information, but, but we do, but we do. Okay. Uh, we tend not to act out as often as we act in. We focus the majority of our anger and frustration at ourselves. This is true. Um, if we get in trouble, it's much more likely for sounding like a know-it-all or for trouble regulating our moods. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I did a lot of, um, I just wanted to rebel because I, because autistic people hate authority also like that's a common thing. Um, and mm -hmm. I, one of the, I can't remember, I don't know what the science, excuse me, the scientific terms is, but one trait, um, that autistic females can, dis can, dis can display, I think males as well is that, um, um, Michelle, maybe you know what it's called. If somebody tells me what to do, Oppositional um, defiant I, disorder. Yeah, but it's not it's not oppositional defiant disorder because it's something like within the subset of autism where I'm not I don't have oppositional defiant disorder, but the way that my autism shows up is um it needs to be like don't ask me, don't tell me to do something. You can ask me to do something. I'll probably do it more. I'll probably do it if you ask me, but if you directly tell me, I I don't want to do it. I, and I, and I, fuck, I wish I could remember what it was called. Cause I, I was watching some TikToks uh, specifically about this and one woman's um, experience with how it was showing up, but yeah, perhaps ODD. Okay. All um, right. well I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I mean, and it's been a few years, but I think I mean, we would always talk about being direct because you don't want to, in supporting someone with autism, you don't want to beat around the bush. You want to say exactly what you need for that person to do. Yes, but 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 you can't tell me, though. You have to, like, you have to tell me without telling me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just, I think it's just kind of rude to for anybody to say, do this now. Like that? No, no. Back uh, fuck off, no. bitch. It's uh, my life. I like, I need to have off. some. Um, <laughs> I need. Oh my god, I'm struggling with words today. Me too. I need to have. What's the ability for yourself to make decisions for yourself? Um, uh, autonomy. Thank you. That's the word. Autonomy. Yeah. Yeah, autonomy. I would like some autonomy. autonomy in this fucking situation. So I yes. guess we. But it's very much like a. First we do autonomy. This, we do Michelle, that was one of the words. It was it's because of our autonomy, our need for autonomy that we like 
Ugh. we're like no we put our we we put that up you know we're like no 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 i, I can see I that i be... can see that for sure yeah well um, because you just like any but i feel like that's very human nature to not wanting to be told what to do um i do yes. think that yes. maybe someone with autism could because how they feel about themselves in the world, like trying to navigate the world, they feel very lost because the world is very nuanced and has a lot of innuendos and a lot of subtext yeah. that is yes. not understood by people with autism. So it's very no. confusing to be yes. in the world. Yes. So if you're already at that level of stress and then someone tells you what to do, mm. That can yeah. be too much. I can yeah. see how that is. That's yes. the the line of thinking about why that is what it is. Because you have to understand that someone with autism is looking at this world and already confused. Right. And then you're like, do this. Um, but I don't. But no, that doesn't compute because I, all these other. Yeah. But stimuli. if you explain why something needs to happen. Oh. And make it about their goals. Yes. So Janine, yes. you, you know, you need to decompress your stressed. Um, I mean, I feel like I, I did a little bit of it this weekend and I don't think I meant to, but it was like, okay, why don't you go take a, why don't you go get outside, go yeah. disconnect go. from the internet. Like yeah. I very much like told you what to do. I mean, not completely, but you know what I mean? But I said like, how about right. you disconnect from social media, take a break. Um, and and I actually didn't think that that was telling me what to do. I, I looked at that as like, hey, Michelle cares about me and she is giving me um, suggestions and ways that I can feel more in control. Like because in my we've body. developed trust because we've okay. developed right. trust. I've right. accepted you and you you know what I mean? Like, okay. so you don't feel like I'm ever going to tell you like I have I don't have your best interest at heart. But I would say, though, that there are times when I could be like, Janine, I think we need to do this and you'll you'll rebel against it. <laughs> I mean, let's, let, you would. Yes, you're right. I feel like it happened. You're right. Yeah. I feel like it happens all the time, probably. Um, yeah. Janine, we should do this. Um, how about a big fuck off? How about a bit now? Yeah. How about now? Yeah. How about now? We're not doing that. Okay. How about no? How about now? Um I do think it's easier, though, when you trust somebody to take that because you trust that they're leading you someplace good. So I this with the uh, individual I am guardian of very much. He's aware that I'm guiding him. To get things that he wants that are also best for him. Like, yeah. I will never, like, tell him and not take his opinion into consideration. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, But, like, rap music, for example. He's like, well, I can't listen to rap music because um, I'm not allowed to swear. And I was like, mm, no, you're not allowed to swear in front of adults. Like, other adults that you don't know. You're allowed to swear with your friends. You're not allowed to swear at somebody. Like, and so we so have to have, have these to conversations. Re you have to re um um re re give him the expectations of like right. this is this is the appropriate way that you can use this specific thing in interactions with society or like with people mm -hmm. 
Okay. Exactly. Yeah. But but sense. also like but so he knows that and so we can usually have a conversation and we can talk through. I never once will say, "Jake, this is what you're doing." But I'll say, "Jake, this is what we have to do or this is what I need you to do because" and then explain and it's like because you like living on your own, right? You don't want to go back to living simply like Right. So this so is you why have to we re- need to do this. Yeah. You have to reaffirm, hey, this is why, because you want this, you want this to be your goal. And in order to keep that, we need to make sure that, you know, you're um, functioning. You're but again, it's setting expectations. Right. If it's you have this behavior, here's the expectation that's going to happen. So I'm not telling <clears throat> you, I'm never going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you a suggestion and then tell you the consequence if that doesn't happen. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that that would have helped me out a lot, actually, um, as a kid. It's something that's taught in teaching someone. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Here's what here's what you're doing. That's not OK. Here's what I need you to do. If you do not do this, this will be the consequence. If you do do this, this will be the consequence. So you're yelling right now. If you continue to yell, we're all going to leave this room because we don't want to be around it. If you stop yelling, we can stay here and we can listen to what you're feeling or the idea you had or like it's or when you do the dishes, then we can go outside and go for a walk. Right. Okay. So yeah. And I, I honestly, if you do I, the dishes right after dinner, we'll have time to walk before the sun sets. If you wait to do the dishes, the sun's going to set and we're not going to be able to walk outside because it's no longer safe. It's very much uh, like setting those very specific. Uh, yes. Like you don't have to do the dishes right now, but if you don't, we can't go for a walk because the sun's going to go down. We're, we're not going to have well, time. Well, Michelle, so why can't like I do crazy. the dishes after we go on a walk? That's a great idea, Janine. Why don't we talk about that? Oh, and then okay. that would that would exactly be the conversation. All right, let's talk oh. about that. Oh, okay, okay. Like good, literally, cause... that would be that would be the conversation. Like, okay, well, maybe there's a time. Like, I don't know, maybe there is something that prevents. Well, because we empty the dishwasher before we go to bed, so therefore we have to start it before we go on our walk for it to be done on time for us to go to bed before we go to bed oh and okay and now we're getting we're getting into schedules and routine and right I, but I like know. i know i know yeah. i i don't like it even though i should like it i don't like it i don't like it i don't like routines but michelle but say that that's someone else's job say because what you the dishes are somebody else's job emptying the dishwasher oh. is somebody else's job oh oh you right. have so to we... load the dishwasher now because michelle has to Empty it empty before the she goes dishwasher to bed. before she goes to mm-hmm. bed. Okay. So if you don't do it now, she's not going to be able to do it before she goes mm-hmm. to bed. Yeah, see, I still want to. Then you're not going to be able to. Do you hear your... this? Do you hear yeah. this resistance, Michelle? I'm like, I don't know. I don't like any of these options. So let's. Uh, or because let's keep going. your favorite, your favorite spoon for your cereal that you eat every morning because you're obsessed with the cereal right now or this ramen that you want to have for lunch. I know. Your ramen, I need my fork. I need favorite, my fork. Your favorite I... fork. <laughs> is in this and if we don't run the dishwasher you're not going to have your favorite fork for your ramen tomorrow for lunch see how this works 
You yeah, have but, to, but you, but, but you but have to lazy, find but, the thing. But, but lazy me, or sorry, I'm not lazy. That, uh, the other, the other part of me would just say, it's okay. I'll just wash off my, this fork from yesterday. I'll just wash the one fork and I can use the one fork for my ramen and I will wash my bowl that I used for the ramen again. Cause that's what and I do. And then honestly, I do. honestly, if that, if, if Michelle's not loading, if that's the problem, if the problem is because you won't have that spoon tomorrow or that fork tomorrow, then fine. that could be then a you, new, then that's an acceptable answer. It's an acceptable okay. answer to say, okay. fine, you can wash it right before you need it. Okay. Your okay. prerogative, but it's okay, helping but... somebody understand that and work through it. Okay. I get it. I, I, I get it. I get, I get what you're saying. I just made your name very stressed out. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it, but I understand. I'm sorry. Um, so this next line also gets to me. Um, we are frequent victims of a- abuse, though we may not understand it as such, and tend to feel overwhelmingly compassion or sympathy for those who hurt us. Uh, yes, 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 indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they didn't mean to. No. Yeah, so I do rationalize their behavior and make them seem like a better person, usually. Mm-hmm. Or once I... Once I realized that that was not appropriate behavior, um, here's an example um, that doesn't, it's not really, well, I guess, is sexual harassment a kind of abuse? I think it is, yeah? Yes. Okay. So when I was a freshman in high school, all of these boys were so inappropriate to me and constantly talking about my boobs and constantly just like saying shit like ask me how big my nipples were and just like just it was not appropriate you know what I mean but like I didn't realize that that was not appropriate I did not realize that and my friend um my friend Jessica was like Janine that is not okay for those for those guys to be talking to you like that like that is sexual harassment she literally had to explain to me that that was sexual harassment and why it was Mm -hmm. sexual harassment and um and then I was like yeah so then my strong sense of justice comes in now that I understand, right? And I'm like, fuck those guys. Like, um, I looked up. So the one kid that was being like really inappropriate, I literally, we had phone books back in the day still, right? So I literally mm-hmm. get the phone book out and I knew his last name. I didn't know there was, there was a bunch of them. There was like, I think 11 or something. And I literally called, I think five numbers before I reached his household. And I... Um, got him on the phone and I was like, if you continue to say these things to me, like I will report you to the school. And like, I, I don't know what else I said, but basically I called him on his shit and I was like, don't, don't fucking do that anymore. Like I will, I will report you. And literally after that day, like they didn't say anything inappropriate to me anymore. Um, But like it, I, I would have just kept, I would have let this go on. And I, I you know, I, I just was like, whatever. That seems normal to me. Like, yeah, guys are gross. Like, I get it, you know? Um, And my, uh, I've been in tons of abusive relationships uh, emotionally um, and like emotionally, um, well, and physically. Like, they didn't hit me, but they would throw shit. They would um, control what I was eating. They would control like who I was seeing. Like, you know, so it was, yeah. And, um, and I was, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt for a really, really long time. Right. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. 
we uh, girls on the spectrum are often word or linguistically based thinkers with a keen interest in word and phrase origins, foreign language and regional accents, which we have an uncanny ability to imitate. Yes, I would say that that is true. That is my British accent, and but it's real Cockney, and I can do a whole bunch of other accents. I used to annoy the it's fuck so out of people. It's so interesting to me because I would think it was less linguistic and more like visual. That's surprising. To I me. know, isn't that funny? Um, uh, yeah, it, but we it's because like autistic females tend to have a strong connection to like poetry and song lyrics and like literary Mm -hmm. works you know what i mean so it's like um i can see that now so in that way like that is very linguistic right that is very much about language and like and i think studying language to see the nuances of language and how humans interact with each other like using different forms of language like that's always been like fascinating to me personally um so it's not uncommon to see us collecting and rescuing animals. Um, I had two cats. I just have the one now. And I have a little fishy. I, I, it's me. Yeah. I'm the I, problem. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Michelle does. Michelle Michelle now has two kitties. And they just two got Two cats new, and a dog. And we yeah. did have an application in for a puppy, but um, the puppy was adopted. But oh. yeah, we are about to go like balls to the wall. Yeah, okay. And the only so reason I, Robert won't let me have a cow is because he grew up with farm animals and he does not want to do the work. Well, that's fair, though, because if you're not going to do the work and he's not going to do the work, then you can't have a cow. Or I can make enough money to hire somebody to do the work and I get to Or you cow. could do that. There you go. That there is my go. alternative thought. There I'm not you go. there yet. I do not have oh, that money. Alternative but... thought. Is that what those are called? I love them. Okay. Alternative. That's my alternative thought. Oh, so smart. So smart. <laughs> Or my plan um, B, if you will, or C. Yeah. <laughs> or part two. Um, Spectrum girls yeah. are more likely to gather and memorize as much information as we can on social rules, social psychology, and sexual expectations. It's our way of compensating for what others pick up naturally. And as aforementioned, I still don't pick it up very naturally. Yes. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, and I think that's exactly what that that just summed up what I said earlier about how you don't um you don't pick up things you have to be explicitly told yes what yes to do how to Correct. do something yes you can't just use vague statements no fuck the vagueness please be specific thank you um, well and i think that's why i people get really really annoyed with me because i tend to be very specific with my instructions but i'm very specific because of the field that i came from but I like that you're very specific. I like I literally that. have like a hundred and some page document with pictures of how to complete every process with this new system at work. You need to know I how know. to receive something. It. Here's some I pictures. You need to know how to ship something. Here's some pictures. You need to oh know how God. to do Michelle, a change order. When, here's some pictures. When I was the chief operating office uh, officer and I, I made the, the manual, I same fucking thing. It was like 450 pages and like, the the section with the tech for the technology platform was all details was all screenshots and then like explicit details of like what to do yes but but then i realized that um like like none of the none of them read the none of them read it like at all here's my point here's my point though 
is so I defer a lot of people who come to me and are like, how I don't I need your help with this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I'm doing some other things. Here's the page that will can help you through that problem. And I just right, direct so, them back. So I would do that after I was just like, well, they're not going to fucking read it. And I don't have time to like teach them how to do this. So just read. I'm like, go I don't to have time chapter, to do my fucking job right blah, now. Blah, so, blah, yeah. the blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm doing Although all this I stuff. also am just like an over, like I'm a giver though. So one of the things I'll do is I will PDF print the sections of the document and make it one document and be like, here's the document you need to complete all the steps that you have. No, that's too. So it'll have all the steps. Yeah. Tell them to go fuck themselves. I mean, in a nice way, of course, professionally. <laughs> um, we tend to be socially naive, blind to others' motives, and have a tough time clearly distinguishing between levels of a social hierarchy. Yes, yes, yes. I, I can learn. I can learn the social hierarchy, but I need to observe for a quite a, for a while to to determine what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, and I bet you you would learn faster if someone was talking you telling it. me. If somebody was telling, mm -hmm. yes, yes. It's not always making friends that's difficult. Often it's our tendency to be unaware of strain in the relationship and or the sustained effort attention required to maintain relationships that are our downfall. So ba so basically we, it does take a lot of um, attention. It, it takes a lot of effort, right? To have relationships and um and sometimes that's too, it's too much. And it's, it has nothing to do with you. Like, it's just like, I, I just can't communicate right. right now. You know, um, our friendships can be broken down into eras where close ties end abruptly, though the cause of the breakups may elude us as we break hearts and provoke tempers without even realizing it. Oh, shit. I have <laughs> broken a few hearts, Michelle, and I, and I feel like a jackass but at the same time i was Heart like breaker, maker, <laughs> i was like listen i don't want to be with you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna settle and i don't want to be with you and i'm not attracted to you so sorry well i'm sorry. jealous of your ability to do that because i was never really good at that okay well i i had to learn recently to do this because i'm just like i'm not i'm waiting through all this bullshit right now you know and it's just like mm -hmm. there's no point um but yeah, I can see this with the eras. Like literally, I can pinpoint I'm like, oh yeah, I had this friendship from blah, blah to then. And then we just stopped talking or this one broke up because there was like tension and conflict, but I didn't know necessarily that there was tension and conflict. And then the way that mm -hmm. I uh, interacted with the situation was like not socially acceptable. And then now we don't talk anymore, you know, because it was just like, it came to a head and I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't act. I didn't act accordingly. You know, I, I did. I acted. I didn't act well. So um, <laughs> <sighs> we find it difficult to understand manipulation, disloyalty, vindictive or cruel behavior and social retaliation because we cannot see strategy or perspective. Hmm. Mm, I don't. Mm, I feel like I have learned this, but perhaps. um. See, and this would be interesting to to note, you know, we need to do more research on women specifically and girls with autism and, you know, change change that whole standard, like moving forward. It would just be really interesting to me to speak to a young lady who is like 
perhaps before they she goes through puberty, right? To to look at these mm-hmm. specific markers and to look at um how it actually how it does look before you get groomed and you teach yourself how to mirror and mask and script and do all this other shit to like quote unquote fit in into the little box or whatever. Um, because I don't because I can understand when people are manipulating or when I'm manipulating or you know like I mm-hmm. I do get manipulation um <sighs> social retaliation I've invented social retaliation what are you talking about um okay throughout our lives we often gravitate towards people who are older and or younger than us yep rather than direct peers the relationships we prefer have clear roles and rules and less need to spontaneously negotiate dialogue, compromise, and group dynamics. In a situation where we are older, we understand that we are in the teacher-leader-big-sister role, so it's all right to be more didactic, that we're actually expected to take the wheel, so to speak. On the other hand, if we're the younger, we can settle into an apprentice role, watching, learning, and following along. Oh, man. That, yep. I used to hang out with my sister and her friends all the time. Um, our neighbors, like, we had two neighbor girls, and they were younger than me. Um, and I remember just, like, always wanting to hang out with younger kids or, like, kids that were way older than me. There was no, like... Yeah. Like, I, I hung out with kids my age, but, I like I said, I feel like they were also <laughs> neurodivergent, so it made it... Um, easier i guess to to have those friendships because i felt like we understood each other um it okay so girls on the spectrum may feel more intense well i'm gonna go ahead and make another assumption that the things that you did with like the things you enjoy with younger people are probably a like match your where you are on those spectrums like developmentally like so where they are yes is where yes. you are in that level. And then yes. when you go older, it's those are the things that you're more advanced or developmentally right. ahead. So like, cor- right, right. So I was always really good at reading and understanding big words. And I always talked with adults, right? I like to- Yeah, so I maybe like, like I, communication was really good with adults and older people. Right. But yes. play or pretend was, I don't, I don't, I'm just making that was pretend was a harder concept for me and it for sure had to be it for sure had to be mirrored or I I had I picked up pretending from my neighbors like when we were playing together like they would they would be like oh let's pretend like blah 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 and then I'd be like oh okay and like I would kind of just do what they said you know like I would just kind of go along with whatever script whatever script they were making um and if I had to come up with the idea, it was way less creative. I can tell you that. I would just be like, uh, yeah. I'm just going to put my, I'm, we're just going to drive around in this car because that's what I feel like doing right now. Um, I don't feel like having a personal conversation. So books, documentaries, um, and films are a favorite way to study people and from their strategies, choices, accomplishments, and relationships, develop a larger personal emotional vocabulary and learn, quote unquote, how to be hyperlexia so very early very fast self-taught highly skilled reading is common among spectrum girls i actually um got to be in a commercial when i was six years old 
um, because of the amount of books that I read to raise money for multiple sclerosis, I was one of the top 10 kids in the state of Colorado to read. I don't think um, I knew that. Yeah. So I, I was, so hyperlexia, that makes a lot of sense to me. I was very, very good at reading and I, I read chapter books, uh, when I was in first grade, like I was, I, uh, no, you know, no pictures. I was very, very intervening. Mm -hmm. Girls on the spectrum are often particularly sensitive to artistic pattern-based mathematical realities, extending their concrete knowledge adeptly into musical cadence and visual art. So like with that, like for, like, so for math, for example, like I am really horrible with like algebra. Um, cause that's fucking that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but geometry and trigonometry, I was actually okay at. And I think it was because of the visual aspects of, of, of that math, right? You have like the pictures mm -hmm. and you can see the triangles and you can see all the shapes and you can like, it was more of a visual, um, representation. Whereas like algebra solve for X, I don't fucking get it. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do, you know, like, uh, I don't get it. So Many girls find it tough, very tough to clearly distinguish between levels of social hierarchy. We kind of already touched on that. Excuse me. We tend to be socially naive, blind to others' motives, have trouble distinguishing acquaintances from close friends, or define what constitutes an actual friendship because we haven't had enough experience. For many girls, show womanship skills far exceed comfort with spontaneous or one-on-one -on -one social interaction. Intuitive use of this sidestep around social anxiety can lead to excellence in teaching, narrative presentation, litigation, and performance. So I feel like that, you know, we, we do better in certain roles, I would say, like professionally, just because of the way um, that when we're more comfortable in like a one-on-one -on -one social interactions than in front of right. people. Perfectionism is the all-hallowed deity and nemesis of the majority of spectrum girls because michelle is saying it's all about expectations and the expectations that we hold for ourselves are so freakishly high and like unattainable almost and and we're like so mean to ourselves like so mean just like oh you you suck like why can't you do that like why can't you understand that it's just because our brains work different you know like it doesn't mean that i'm stupid or like well and or, you don't figure that out until you find other people who are like you or people who accept you like yes there i yes. feel like as we were growing up there was like this you can just force these behaviors out of somebody and it's not about making someone change these behaviors as much as it is about helping them learn better skills so like cope so kind of changing but yeah. not necessarily changing the why behind the behavior, if that makes sense. The why is always going to be yes. there. Yes, yes. But how to navigate through that will change. But I feel like that's not that's not how it was when we were brought up. Or yeah, like yeah. It, it, that just wasn't how it was. Right, and I don't. I I still don't know if it's done enough though, and I feel like that was that's part of the conclusion that we'll get to at the end. Um in that you know we really we need to do a better job um period just doing studies on all people you know what i mean like not just one group of people because that's biased and we need to look at the differences between um 
different groups of people and yeah right oh this one's a good one challenges with impulsivity problem solving emotional balance and compulsions make us vulnerable to sus- substance use or abuse mm, yeah mm-hmm. alcohol prescription and non-prescription drugs as well as process addictions so eating disorders self-harm skin picking acting out sexually shopping gambling despite our awareness of the negative impact on our lives um i have always mm-hmm. had a very very addictive personality um i am an alcoholic but i don't drink anymore haven't drunk in over 10 years but i still um use marijuana like for sure like this i probably smoke way more than you know people think i should um socially whatever acceptable bullshit i don't care and um i do know that it could have negative impacts on my life but i don't care i really don't uh uh sex sex acting out sexually hmm, yes uh eating disorders yes self-harm skin picking yep shopping no i fucking hate shopping although online is dangerous for me because i will just put yeah. those things in the cart and then i'll be like oh oops i bought it <laughs> but that's also because um, it's not literal so if you had your perfect target session where no one was in the store and it was yes. just you and you could just walk in and there's only one cashier and they're just waiting for you to check out like literally the best target experience oh, target is like really you... dangerous for me though because i know target's buy... target's dangerous for everyone buy all the fucking shit yes but I would argue that you would buy less if you saw the amount that you were getting versus if you were just online buying it. You don't see the amount physically. Oh. Well, because on my, because you. you know, on my app, like I do, I review, like before I actually push buy or whatever, when I'm grocery shopping or just in any target order, I like have to triple check what I put on the list. What? And then I'm like, Janine, sure you don't need that. Valid. You don't need that. And then I'll, I'll delete things. Or I'll remember other things. I'm like, oh, you need that though. And then I'll add other things. Mm-hmm. So there is this process of like, of the shopping experience that I'm doing that's just not in the store. You know what I mean? Like I'm just. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, eating disorders like binge eating, anorexia, nervosa, and bulimia are indicators of perfectionist tendencies and um, a need for artificial control, extreme rigidity, and adherence to routine. They are exponentially more present among girls and women and should be considered serious red flags. Um, mm-hmm. Females are, so I, um, I binge eat. That's, I've always, that's what I, that's what I do. Females are more likely than males to try to manage anxiety, depression, trauma, and low self-esteem through self-harming behaviors, such as cutting and skin picking. Um, hi, we already talked about this, picking the scabs, chewing the nails, um, I never, I never slip my wrists, but I could see how that could be. Yeah. I could see, I could see that, you know, I could. I yeah. Could, where someone could get the benefit yeah, of it. Yeah. 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 Everything. Or see do, the, yeah. See yeah. the. See yeah. why, see why they're doing it. Everything we do, we do intensely and often spend a great deal of time analyzing our own thinking process, which is called metacognition as well as larger complex ideas. Okay. So Yeah. I told you guys, existential crisis in my brain, fucking all the time. I just wanted to read a couple more passages about um, the author's specific perspective, like when she was growing up and some of the ways that she didn't fit in. So her mom asked her, Jenny, aren't you exhausted from analyzing everything all the time? 
I'm exhausted just from listening, which to me made no sense at all. How did one not think all the time about everything? How did anyone not want to learn everything about everything? How could anyone not wonder about big questions like this? What was more, how could something be so clear in my mind, yet utterly confuse everyone else around me? My mind then and now always felt transparent, every thought obvious, clearly visible to everyone. By this point, my mom had moved on to something else, but six-year-old me was stuck in my head and in my heart. My ideas, feelings, fears, questions were simple. I was a child, she an adult. Clearly then, if I understood a question and its ramifications, she did. She told me I was exhausting her, only I didn't know how to not be exhausting. I was only six, after all, which meant that in my mind, the only really obvious fact, quotes, was that I wasn't worth answering, that understanding me was a bother, connecting with me was unnecessary, a nuisance, draining, which meant that I, too, was unnecessary and a nuisance and draining. I just really resonated with that because I- Yeah, I like that a lot. I felt that way a lot, too, like- well, I understand it. Like, why, why, why can't you see like my perspective? And I guess I can't really see your perspective either, but you know, like I'm, I'm trying. Um, I, yeah, that is my number one struggle day in and day out. Um, and probably the thing that gets me down the most, which I actually meant to bring up earlier when we were talking about our depression being really, really low. Yeah. I actually think that it's frustration that displays as depression because we withdraw. Yes. Um. So it looks but like I depression, get, but I it's frustration too. But I think I'm overwhelmed. I think I'm frustrated and overwhelmed. I think you're right, and then yeah. it just like comes out as like sadness and with social withdrawal. Like I, I literally do. I have to like just yeah, and like, and I would say that every time I've had suicidal thoughts, it's been because of um, frustration. Yeah, like a frustration. Exactly. So it's not for me personally. I think that it comes and that's what I, I was talking to someone today about how I'd really like to get a sensory processing diagnosis because yeah. maybe there's a different medication so I can get off Zoloft because maybe Zoloft isn't the right thing for me yeah. because it doesn't because you're not like you told, it helps it helps with my um like emotional highs and lows so like yes when I'm upset I'm not as upset and when I'm really happy I'm not as happy which yes. sucks like I'm not, I yes. I should have my max happiness but um <laughs> I get what you're saying yes but, but I, I also don't have my max lows which is important but I, I I think it's more due to I think that depression is secondary to whatever else is going on possibly and like sensory processing pro- disorder and right and having the over like you're overstimulated I sh- and I can see it and and that makes you feel like disconnected sometimes because your experience is so much heightened than like somebody else experience. And then you get frustrated because like um, there are things that, that could be adapted, but they're not adapted. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand why everyone can't just learn at the same speed that I do. I don't understand why everyone else hasn't understood this new system that we're doing it's been going now since november i don't understand why people haven't why people don't get it right like i like, yes. I don't understand i do not understand <sighs> i know i 
I <laughs> appreciate that, Michelle, because I mm. would be saying the same thing. Like, I don't under I I made this fucking book for you. Okay. Like, I don't get mm-hmm. why you don't understand how to use the software. And like, because I um I can learn very I can learn technology very quickly if I am am I'm if I'm doing it, right? If I have if the, I'm like, hey, log me into this platform, whatever, and let me just play around it, play around with it. I can get it within 20 minutes. I'll I'll know how to use the system. Um, but I don't think that that's like a normal thing. You know, like I don't think that same neurotypical. I don't think neurotypicals think. Well, that. and I can pretty. I think I can navigate anything because I always try to figure out why it is there yes. and what its function is. If I can understand why it exists and it's, it's important, then you. I can adapt and adapt it to meet my needs. The uh, other thing that um, our maybe autistic friend that you met at my wedding and I have talked, well, he has accused me of and his wife is that we are so smart we could argue for or against whatever we anything. want. Yep. Therefore, yep. we could argue for a diagnosing ourselves for something we could argue against why we don't have something we could like we we, yeah it's dangerous because because you can talk yourself out of any yeah yeah no Mm -hmm. i get it you're you're like i see both sides of the story so i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna choose and if i pick one i could go full on yeah yeah um so here's sorry here's another quote from her she says friendships fashion Facebook for all that we do in into it that neurotypical people don't there are many others we have to intellectualize observing analyzing patterns gleaning information from everything and everyone we can our minds can be our greatest adaptive asset then again without realizing we've begun down a slippery slope spending hours planning conversations that should take moments, losing track of what we were saying or why we were saying it. We impulsively underthink some things while chronically overthinking others, end quote. Mm-mm. And I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, you you said it. You said it right there. Right. Um, now I want to jump to executive functioning um, because this is a big, 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 big piece of autism um, and why we struggle with adaptive like behaviors and all of that stuff. So we have, there's um, organization function skills of executive function. And then there's the regulation function skills. So um, organization functions are skills that help us collect, manipulate and structure incoming data in strategic useful ways. Regulation functions are more emotion-based and primarily concern how we interact with the people and situations around us. So planning, so under organizational functional skills, uh, we have planning, right? So planning involves evaluating needs, conceiving of options, including the people, opinions, materials, time frame, and circumstances involved, evaluating those options, determining what steps are needed to bring the selected option to fruition, and ordering those steps to achieve a goal. Um, Other EF skills involved in planning are working memory, reasoning, problem solving, initiation of action, 
and cognitive flexibility. Um, this is challenging. So planning is challenging to a person on the spectrum because new, difficult, or large projects can feel so overwhelming to begin that we simply don't. Difficult to gauge amount of time and work involved, social anxiety can hamper clear and regular communication with those involved, our focus and attention are easily distracted and hard to return, adjusting to others' input or changes in the situation is extremely difficult and anxiety-producing. So I know we kind mm -hmm. of already talked about that, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, working memory is a type of short-term memory responsible for holding on to snippets of information. So like a phone number, why you walked into a room, what you were saying or writing, and then using that those memories to complete a task. Um, other um, executive function skills involved is um, being extremely enmeshed with attention. And this is challenging to um, person on the spectrum because sensory sensitivities and overcognition make it difficult for us to filter our in out environmental stimuli. Um, and that's like all the things, right? Lighting, smells, textures, mm -hmm. conversations, music. And we become easily distracted and are unable to refocus on the original task or conversation, which leads us to nonlinear, jumpy thinking and disconnected, confusing explanations and storytelling. Um, yes, to all of this. I totally get that. Okay. Attention is the focus of the conscious mind's energy. Um, th so this is like very deeply meshed with working memory. So we have attention and working memory, and this is challenging to our spectrum minds because our selective attention to foundational input um, is excellent, but is considered hypersensitivity by typical standards, which define paying attention by the ability to ignore distractions. Our natural physiology is seen as inattentive because our brains pay greater attention to rather than filtering out environmental stimuli in subsequent poor working memory, which allow, which actually makes it even harder to ignore sensory input and almost impossible to sustain outward attention. Oh, good. Um, problem solving is a multi-step process of activities related to noticing, overpowering, circumlocating, and or neutralizing obstacles in order to reach a desired goal. And this also requires, you need attention, you need um, the initiation of the action, you need to monitor your actions, you need working memory, you need cognitive flexibility, you need reasoning, and you need planning. Uh, okay, so this is challenging to us because it depends on the success of almost every other EF skill, right? We already went over why those are difficult. Recognizing that a problem exists, um, which is a clear precursor to trying to solve one, is actually incredible, uh, incredibly difficult due to our trouble identifying our own and other people's emotions. Good, great. Uh, verbal reasoning is the ability to understand, analyze, and think critically about concepts presented in words, not limited to vocabulary size or reading comprehension, but equally about discerning a speaker's written or spoken main idea, tone, perspective, and intention. Okay, so I've actually, I'm really bad at reading comprehension for um, nonfiction. Um, and I think it's because of uh, because of this verbal reasoning. Um, mm -hmm. And the other skills involved are planning, working memory, and attention. attention. So this is challenging to um, 
minds on the spectrum because we have frequent difficulties accepting and responding to assumptions we find illogical or inaccurate. So multiple choice or true false questions are a nightmare. Uh -huh. This is why I hate tests so much, you guys. It, get, it literally gives me anxiety just thinking about it. Too many unclear nuances and alternate possibilities to even answer. And sometimes open response questions too. I Although I did better on those. In an advanced placement class in high school, American history, I wrote an entire essay on why the essay question itself was an error. <laughs> there, was no, there was no way I could write three to five pages arguing something I thought didn't even make sense. Um, so we often misread or don't recognize the social cues, body language, tone of voice, and social rules that underpin all communication, whether written and spoken. Um, so as a result, sarcasm can be hard to detect. Uh, yes, although I'm very fucking sarcastic, but um, sometimes it's hard for me to tell if other people are being sarcastic. Language is interpreted literally, uh, e.g. the period egg. I don't, so I don't get that. Okay, that I, that means to me the egg that's laid when you're we have your period. I don't know. Okay, the telephone is detested because there's no visual cues. Texts cause blowups, and I watch TV with the closed caption subtitles. I do. I really do. I yeah, have you said that. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to. Um, so regulate regulation function skills. Um, first one is inhibition is the real-time ability to pause, think, and choose which ideas, feelings, and actions to suppress or allow, whether consciously or subconsciously. Oh, God. Okay, this is challenging to us because the very colors and sounds and textures of the world are so hard to ignore that we have significant trouble identifying our emotions and are overwhelmed before we even realize it. We struggle to remember that our experiences and feelings and ideas are not universal, in quotes. What people say and think and feel isn't necessarily what they mean. The directions we hear are are often incomplete or misinterpreted. Michelle, you know, you have to be very explicit. Alternate choices don't mm -hmm. occur to us. They, you know, and that's why you have to give us alternate solutions, right, Michelle? You have to give all the options. Yeah. Yep. Attention is unpredictable. Ideas are fleeting. Anxiety builds and reminds us of all there is to dread. And we blurt and post and hit send and regret it almost immediately. We act out impulsively, both emotionally and physically. We restrict conversation topics or brain dump, even though we know other people are bored or annoyed, but we absolutely can't seem to stop ourselves and make hurricanes out of raindrops, jumping to the most catastrophic scenarios. <laughs> I was like, Michelle, the train, the train crashed and we're all going to die. Um, okay. Catastrophic scenarios. I know, which was, yeah. can we just talk about how funny that yeah. is to me? Because yes. that's been going, like, that's been on my radar for weeks. I know, weeks. but I'm just weeks it all came to it's a head like, michelle okay because i was i know i was scrolling and there was so much shit and i was just like this is too oh, much yeah Tic oh. tiktok's really diving into it but it's been tick my tiktok's been diving into it since uh, it happened so because, has mine uh because it's local <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like i get it because the news the news is not talking about it like we we don't know anything that's going on the only reason i know about um, what's going on where you are is because TikTok? of tiktok yeah I did see it on a national news because it happened um, the day we left, either the day we left or the day before we left to go to Birmingham. Okay, so um, that, yeah, that was. So we saw it on the news. Yeah. 
Like mm. we knew that it had happened, but we saw a story about it on a news on the news in Birmingham at a bar. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, initiation of action, <laughs> which involves beginning any new activity. <laughs> so anxiety that that gives me great anxiety. Um, and it also involves problem solving, cognitive flexibility, inhibition, and planning. Um, this is challenging to us because our minds are more prone to zooming in intensely on parts of things, of ideas, of conversations or dialogue, of sensation, of writing, of puzzles or equations, of problems. But when we're presented with a whole task or idea or concept, so-called the big picture, okay, ironically, it can be hard to see those small, more manageable parts, much less figure out how to come up with a strategy or plan of action that doesn't trigger our social anxiety or sensory sensitivities so that we choke up before we start. We're called lazy and irresponsible because we seem to just be procrastinating or uninterested, but really we are probably overcomplicating things. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, it's much safer doing what we're doing right here and, re and right now and not messing up or embarrassing ourselves disappointing other people or trying to adapt to unforeseen circumstances. So even when we do know what to do next, even when we can't explain it ourselves, even when we know that whatever's coming is inevitable, change is still hard to start for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we have the monitoring of action is the air detector and corrector constantly operating in the background alerting only when there is an abrupt change nearby or taking the foreground in unfamiliar circumstances or when learning a new skill so that mistakes can be noticed and adjustments made quickly and frequently. Um, you also need attention, cognitive flexibility, inhibition, and working memory for this skill. And this is challenging to spectrum minds because the vicious Sensory processing, environmental filter, selective attention, working memory cycle is so very challenging that we tend to find ourselves in a much more regular state of emotional hypervigilance, a state of alert that makes it hard to distinguish a real situation in need of attention from any other moment, leading us to either overreact to the smallest hint of error or become so overstimulated that we need to tune out and reset by physical stimming. Yes, 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 yes. Or mental stimming, um, which is like losing ourselves in a special interest, during which time we yeah. turn our monitoring off so completely that we're prone to tumbles, accidents, collisions, and whopper-sized mistakes. Yeah, I'm really fucking clumsy and have been my whole life. I tripped up the stairs when I was three and cut my head open. I tripped up the stairs. I didn't fall down the stairs. I tripped up the stairs. Yeah, Robert so. trips up the stairs all the time. I know. Well, it's ugh, it's not fun. Never down, always up. Always up. Yeah. yeah. And then cognitive flexibility is really hard, you guys, is the ability to shift, adapt, reconsider, and adjust thinking and attention in responses to changes in, a, in the situation or environment. Ugh, gross. And also the ability to consider multiple answers to a question or aspects of a situation at the same time, ah, such as opposing points of view, um, accepting and instead of but. Uh, last, task switching. 
So changing activities before completion, no, 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 no. The ability to stop doing one thing and start doing another, hell no. Why Why are you doing that? Why, why, why? Okay. Um, so you also need attention, inhibition, problem solving, planning, and verbal reasoning for this. Um, and this is challenging to spectrum peeps because we have difficulties in other EF processing processes, right? Especially problem solving and planning, which makes it harder for us to form a new thought and behavior patterns, which are necessary for anyone to adjust to any change of any magnitude. Since adapting is that much harder, it's that much more anxiety producing. So out of anxiety and fear... Not stubbornness or disrespect, although sometimes I am really stubborn. Um, our thoughts and opinions crystallize into rigid, unbreakable things, and we cling tightly to enforcing the rules, following routines, and repeating behaviors, activities, and habits rather than task switching, because that's scary. Um, and we have trouble seeing someone else's side, which can be the a problem of the brain's impaired EF, not a flawed character. Um Mm -hmm. Diminished theory of mind or lack of empathy, I'm using quotes here, may be reduced cognitive flexibility and a legitimate struggle not to be willing, but to be able to consider multiple points of view. So thanks to EF, typical minds can readily set and achieve goals, delegate tasks, plan effectively, organize ideas, things, and spaces clearly, initiate tasks, monitor their emotional reactions to situations and people, and adapt to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In day-to-day -day life, strong executive functioning means setting an alarm clock, getting up when it rings so that there's time to shower, mm -hmm. putting on clean clothing, navigating transportation, and arriving on time for class or work with all necessary preparations taken and supplies on hand daily. While making small talk over breakfast, answering an important text and making notes that the car needs to go in for an oil change, which will actually take place before it stalls on the side of the road. Yes. All right. So the calling card of autistic brains though. So neurotypicals are doing all that, right? They're living their best fucking life. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got this. We got this. Um, the single most omnipresent, most impactful distinction of our mind, of our minds versus the neurotypical is the discrepancy between our executive function skills and everything else, right? Okay. So, yeah. so basically, she this author is is saying that our minds work like either a train or a firefly. So, if we're in a train, if we're in train mode, we we um are really engaged in a topic. Um, we actually do become utterly oblivious of the pas to the passage of time. So like time blindness, like that's a real fucking thing. Mm -hmm. um, but so because we're like so hyper-focused on whatever task that it is that that's captured our attention at that particular time, we are, we're, we're most productive. We're most satisfied. We're most brilliant. We're most content. Um, but it, so, so then we have to get taken away from that. Right. Right. Um, and it, that's really hard. So think of a, a train literally moving at full speed. Right. And then in order for to stop the train, um, you like, like have to, um, like, ah, you know, skirt to like do the brakes yeah, and, yeah. and, but imagine, imagine the Polar Express. That's what I'm imagining. When yes. You have to stop it. Yes. Caribou. 
Right. So we need, we need, we need time and preparation slowly and gently, right? Like any train. So slowly pump the brakes and we can go on a new track, but we just need to be like directed. Like Michelle was saying, we need expectations and we need to know what all of the things are. We need to know all the things so that we can be prepared. That's really helpful because stopping someone abruptly can cause a meltdown also. Yes. Yes. So it's often best to give time limits, but maybe use timers. So you set yes. an alarm. When this goes off, we're going to stop. And then and make sure it's a visual so they can see the time yes. passing. Yes. So then they can kind of slowly back themselves out of it. I do have to set timers um, every day. I set a timer. And um, just to remind myself to do like shit, like normal things, like, but no, um, see, I think you said alarms to remind you to do things. Timers count down how much time you have to do something. No, no. I Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I, I do alarms and timers. So, for okay, example, if I um I made this, po- um what do they call it? Um, Basically, I have a pot on the stove that has like orange slices and cinnamon sticks and cloves and like water. It, it mm-hmm. smells good. It's a, a simmer pot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, simmer. So... I have my simmer pot on and I literally have to set a timer to remind myself to go stir the simmer pot and to turn the stove off or else I will forget to do that and we can yes. burn our, burn the apartment down. So like because that's one example. Exa- you just yes. kind of forget about I it. I forget about it. And um, I also have to set timers to remind Ben to eat, to remind him to go to sleep, like to, so that I can be like, I have to remind myself to be a mom. Like I have to set a reminder to like check in with my child. So that, yeah. So other moms, if you have to do that, you're not alone. All right, great. Also, um, though, you're not bad for needing to do that because you're taking care of your child. And that's the other thing, not just you, but other moms need to know. Whatever you have to do to help take care of your child, it it's good. It's fine. It's totally working. Yes. Don't let mom guilt be a thing. No, exactly. No mom guilt. No mom guilt. No more good. Okay, so Firefly, when we're in Firefly mode, we are literally everywhere at once. Okay, we're we're going from one idea to the next. We're so excited. We're it's we're excited by the novelty and we're energized by the connections that we make. There's all these new possibilities and new patterns and new everything. Oh my god, we're so excited. Um, but we don't have time for details or structure. We don't need tedium. We have no interest in that. Um we will actually lose the momentum of our creativity if we get bogged down in implementing all of the things into our imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun. It's a fun place to be. And if it's a bonus, if someone else is there to actually organize and systemize what my, what the ideas are. Right. So like, like my dad, I, I swear to God, my dad's autistic um, and it makes sense because it's genetic. <laughs> so hi. Hello. Hi. Have you met me? Hi. Um, he's very good at this. Very good at being Firefly and coming up with all these really good ideas. But he needs somebody that's actually going to write every step down and then actually um, take the action necessary to to put those ideas in place. Um, so so anyway, our our brains are just like going all over the fucking place or they're like on train mode. Right. And so. There's a study in 2017 that was published in the journal Autism Research 
show that autistic females have more weaknesses than autistic males in both executive functioning skills and in compensating successfully with other adaptive behaviors. Excuse me. Um, she 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 calls us cruise director cruise cruise directors. So in our recurring role as the family cruise director, women are often expected by both custom and peer communities to manage not only our own personal and professional schedules, but also those of our children, pets, and partners, and to shuffle every one of those components at a moment's notice. As a rule, the demands are just more punishing, and so is the judgment. So, Michelle, that's what you just said. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Also, though, that's my least favorite thing in the whole fucking world. I barely can remember to get myself appointments and get take care of myself. I barely remember to eat dinner or I, ba- I barely yes. have the energy to want to make dinner. Yes. But then I'm expected to make sure everyone else gets dinner. I, and that's yeah. really hard for me. That, yeah, I fucking get that. Uh, it's been... It's been more than a week since I've showered and, and myself is disgusted by myself a little bit, but then I just can't, then I just can't, I just can't, I just can't do it. There's so too many, too many things. Um, so regardless of class rank or intellectual acumen, our most painful struggle struggle is against a never ending sense of inadequacy. What good is intelligence? What good are we when life's most basic mundane tasks bewilder, stymie, and derail us? After all, most of us don't realize that actual neurological differences, not character flaws, are to blame for our troubles. That we cannot seem to do what we actually cannot do without informed, intentional supports. Yes. So... There is a deep shame in knowing so very much about so very much, bursting with complicated, nuanced things, and constantly falling short anyway. To our parents, teachers, friends, spouses, and employers, we are confounding disappointments. To ourselves, we are fearful frauds, sure that our ineptitude is as obvious to others as to ourselves. And through it all, as best as our brains are capable, we are trying to remember it all to be on time, prioritize well, get started, remain flexible, and stay calm. The closing quote that I have from uh, Miss Miss Jenny, uh, being identified as having autism did not rewire my mind, which still darts like a firefly and drives like a train. But discovering the autism answer did lift some of the feelings of blame from my shoulders, turning the issue into one of scientific cause and effect. It proved unequivocally that I am not now, nor have I ever been, lazy or disinterested, irresponsible or self-centered. From time to time, my behavior may have appeared such, but as descriptors of me as a person or of my intentions, well, nothing could be further from the truth. My struggles with disorganization, poor planning, impulsivity, mental inflexibility, and inattentiveness are not now, nor have they ever been, nor will they ever be due to any character deficit or defect. Sorry, character defect. I'm done with that book, talking about it. Um, I really, really enjoyed her. Yeah, she had a lot of really good insight. But I wanted to talk about, just real quick, resources and adaptations and just like some uh, some cool neurodivergent things that are going on. Um, so talking about adaptation, 
there are actually quite a few public spaces. So airports, there's like sporting arenas. Um, there's like a couple hotels. There's some random like uh, water parks that have spaces des designated or other support items for pers persons with sensory um, issues. So they have like separate sensory rooms or there's like headphones available um, for them to use like while they're in the space. Um, there's actually some restaurants that are creating separate sensory rooms with tables so that families like with autis autistic children can still go out to eat, but they're just like in a separate space, but they can see like the rest of the restaurant. So it feels like they're mm -hmm. like included. Um, and so there are actually several airports in the United States and in the world that have designated sensory rooms or like a meditation relaxation space um, separate from the main airport um, in the United States. There's one in um, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Miami, I Florida. I seeing that. Yeah. Um, the uh, Atlanta, uh, Hart Hartsfield Jackson Airport, the Indi yep, Indianapolis um, International Airport, the New Orleans Airport, um, LaGuardia Airport, New York, the or uh, Portland, Oregon uh, Airport, Pittsburgh International Airport. And they're actually the Pittsburgh International Airport is like they're in um in they're in construction phase right now and so their space isn't open until end of this year um but they're working on like a whole um they're like doing a whole outdoor space which sounds really fucking cool i think more airports should do that um so you could actually like get outside and like get out of the airport because yeah, the airport's yeah. disgusting um south carolina seattle phoenix and uh the kansas city international airport is currently planning a space Oh, this is what I was talking about earlier, where the boarding process um, can be rehearsed and they're calling it an airplane simulator. So this is, allows them to I practice. Yeah. From all steps of the of the flight. Um, there's an autism friendly hotel in Newfoundland, Canada, um, that has like a separate um, uh, sensory room like for the kids, but also the rooms. There are sensory specific rooms that have been created that have um, less stimuli um, and like, you know, more carpet. So like to diffuse the sounds and um, dim light, light dimmer switches so that mm -hmm. they can have different um, lights. There's like a couple of cruise liners that have autism friendly cruises, cruise ships. There's a blue man group um, show. They offer an autism friendly show. There's a sensory friendly gym and there's a sensory um, sensory room in a water park excuse me that's in I can't remember what state they're in and then they have us there's some sensory rooms in hospitals that are that are starting to be created other ways like other things that you can put in this in a sensory space could be like um I, swinging hammock chairs are usually like um in the space and like mm -hmm. I, for me like I fucking love being in a swinging hammock chair Look because up. I Look up snooze snoozlin room is how it sounds, but it's called a snoozlin. S n o o z e l e e l e n. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A snoozlin room is essentially a sensory room. Cool. It's really cool. It has okay. lights, sounds, and, yeah, and usually and hanging things. Yeah. They probably have like yeah. textured walls, like built in, like poppable, uh -huh. like like things that they uh -huh. can. Yeah. Seriously, look up a snoozlin room. Okay. Really cool. I'm going to make me a snozzling. All right. Um, we talked about the musical mashups that are made for like uh, 
the bilateral stimulate stimulation, advocacy, autism friendly services, um, employment and post secondary education support. They've got evaluation, diagnosis, health and medical communities, housing and community living. They've got recreation and community activities to practice social skills. There's virtual programs. There's specific schools, um, state services, um, like assistive technology, um, protection uh, methodologies, and then there's support, local support groups. And then they have um, treatments and therapies that are listed. And so I did Colorado and there was quite a few of um, under all of those categories of uh, resources available for people with autism. So that was pretty cool. I would say the other thing though, is that there is not enough, um, there aren't enough physicians, psychologists, psychiatrists in the neurodivergent space or in the trauma-informed space. I yeah. know um, people who are on year long, years, years of a waiting list to get their child diagnosed with autism every single month, really every single day that goes by before that kid can get interventions. And most places will not provide interventions that are covered by insurance until they get a diagnosis. Right. And every day that that child goes without having being diagnosed and getting coping skills, the harder it's going to be for them to yeah. live successful lives. Yep. So yep. that has really got to fucking change. Yeah, I, for sure. For sure. Um, I would say finally in the last decade or so, we have begun making progress in society, like at least in the United States, to be more inclusive and understanding of the whole person and not just focusing on their disability. Um, and, you know, I think by adopting more neurodivergent thinking, we can begin to see brain difference and sensory difference as any other difference that we acknowledge and celebrate, like as, as a human experience. Well, and if we can um, accept people's differences instead of trying to fit everyone into a box, yeah, that exactly. would really be beneficial if everyone could adapt some empathy and be able to put themselves in someone else's shoes to understand the experiences that they might be going through. That would be great. Yeah, it sure would. Um, I was having a conversation with a source who wishes to remain anonymous. Um but we were having a good conversation about invisible disabilities um, because there are so many um, disabilities that fall under that that scope right mm -hmm. where it from from my you know from the eye it doesn't from just you looking at me doesn't look like I have a disability but I do and um, you know this is this is a very real thing that so many people are dealing with um, health issues or mental issues or whatever that are invisible to the human eye right without knowing mm -hmm. so so basically you know we decided that it would be good if you know if everybody needs a label now so that we can recognize their whole self or like our whole self or whatever and that the disability does not make you who you are but it can explain certain things about how you know how that person views the world and then it helps other people to support you and you know make adaptations and everything like that um and having more of this conversation right like exactly what you said and we need more resources and we need that like if all of these kids are being diagnosed and autism is actually 
increasingly um, being diagnosed more and more and more as we're doing more research. And, um, and so that's something that for sure needs to, um, for needs to change. And these kids need to see the doctors so that they can get their diagnosis so that they can get IEPs and that their insurance can cover it. Like that is, that is very, uh, that's bullshit. That's some bullshit right there that they can't, that they can't get, um, that they don't have advocacy for them because they can't even get a diagnosis. Like that's, that's stupid. Um, in my opinion. So, um, well, I 100% agree, Yeah, but the government's going to watch how it spends its money because honestly, it's, it's really funny. The minute you take something and say that it's for a disability, the price of it goes up because mm. they know that they can gouge they can. the government. Yep. Uh, the other yep. thing that happens is, so I've seen that with uh, wheelchairs, someone who paid like lived in the world and they're in a retirement home yeah. can get a wheelchair way easier than someone who needs it to move around all because <laughs> of who pays for it. Right. Right. Which, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's disgusting. Here right. is, here's the conclusion. Okay. This is another quote from Jen, Jenny, Jen. She says more sensitive, accurate, and gender appropriate diagnostic tools are necessary to overcome camouflaging and clinical bias and establish a larger, more diverse and representative population eligible for study. By the same token, a larger, more diverse and representable population has to be identified in order to sensitize and improve gender appropriate diagnostic tools. But what about now? How can that gap be filled in now? How can the tide of delayed identification be stemmed now while science plays catch up? The answer, I believe, is to listen to those of us who have found our way to identification, lift the mask, spot the patterns, sketch an ever-improving portrait, then tell our stories around the world. I had to recognize myself in someone else's story for me to drop my guard, had to have external validation before I could consider believing my own mind. Right now, there are thousands of women still camouflaged, even from themselves. And while I can't answer all of their questions, I can lift a mask, point out the patterns, sketch them into portraits, and right here, be the someone else in the stories so that we can all see and be seen. Jennifer Cook O'Toole. The one of the things that I also was going to mention was I saw a TikTok that was like, you know, everyone's like, oh, millennials just want to label themselves. They just want to label. It's like, no, they want to feel heard and seen. Yes. And okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They want to know what these things are that. Right. We want to understand who we are so that we can understand the world and that we can better interact in that world and, and right. Find other people that help the, the world be better for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we're asking questions, you guys. Okay, you're fucking welcome. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And look at look at the Z's. Look at them. They're already doing. They're already doing great things. So, yeah, good, good for good on us for starting those conversations. I'm proud of our generation, and always yeah, will be. We're... Yeah, yeah. I'm proud to be a millennial. Me or at too. least I know I'm free. I oh my God! Forget. No, Sorry. stop it stop it right now um okay you guys we've been talking for three hours so i think I we need to cut it out right now mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I liked our conversation. I think I that did we too. talked about a lot of cool things. And I think that our neurodivergent like lady friends and and men friends can can um really identify. Know, yeah. They can relate to what we're saying, what we're talking about. And like maybe they've had similar experiences. So let us know. Guys, let us know if you've had a similar experiences and if you if this has been helpful to you and and learning about yourself and like how you see the world then like i'm very i'm very glad that we could we could do that for you that we could help we could help yeah okay right. well everybody until next Adios. week bye bye hey guys it's michelle thank you so much for listening to unlimited growability conversations please don't forget to rate review subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to to help open up this conversation to new listeners. If you want more information about things we discussed today, go ahead and visit unlimitedgrowability.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at unlimitedgrowability, or you can reach out and send us an email at unlimitedgrowability at gmail.com. <laughs>